season three. However do you want me. One number one. However do you need me. EKFC Live. However do you want me. Rotting Rob. However do you need me. New champ. However do you want me. All that and more tonight. Shouldn't have left you. Scrapcast Season 3, back in effect. As always, your host, Mr. Ace, or Ace, Mr. Will. How you doing? Doing good, man. Good to be back. How you been? Uh, oh, really good, really good. All right, before we get into the festivities, um, we're going to break down this season of Scrapcast. going to be a little bit different than our last seasons. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give a breakdown of why? How that's going to be different? Different format. Um, we're going to do it round by round. Um, we'll be some corner talk in between. And um, <clears throat> giving you guys some new stuff, giving you guys uh, some betting options, giving you guys some um, some new stuff. So hopefully you guys like the new format. Nice, nice. I uh, completely agree. Along with that, um, like you said, three rounds. A corner talk will be fan questions supplied by you, the fans. As always, <clears throat> you can drop us your questions at scrapcast at yahoo.com. Still rocking that Yahoo in 2023. Um, and, uh, yeah, before we get into the first round, how's everything been, man? It's been a long time since we've, uh, done this. Feels almost like we've crossed into another universe with all the craziness that's happened. All these new champs, all this, like, you know, nuts what's going on. I mean, there's a lot to touch on, the politicking, the refing, a lot of that shit. We'll get into that, but I'm just saying, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, yeah, there's been some outright abominations as far as <laughs> not just judging fights but like you said refing fights like yeah and we'll get into a little bit but if you've been keeping up with uh mma and combat sports you've seen it so you know what we're talking about yes exactly and if you haven't that's why we're here mm-hmm. we're gonna supply it for you um quick shout out to everybody who's listening all the old listeners all the new listeners and with that let's get to round one let's go all right so so one on another level. Yes, yes. Um, always happy to talk about one fighting championship. Me too, for, and even for, more so for many reasons. Um, one, it's one of the live events we've been to in the past. We have a previous so podcast sick. where we talked about it. So um, watching it, even from you know your couch on TV on Prime, it's such an amazing experience. The pageantry is great. Ugh. The fighters, they let these fighters be themselves. Man. There's, there's so much. There's so many good things about it, and there's there's, there's a lot of things I, I like about. It. I know we've talked at great length about all the benefits of one fighting championships <clears throat> from the different types of combat that you get: submission, yep. grappling, Muay Thai, kickboxing, MMA, all on one card. The full spectrum of combat sports. Yeah, all on one card. Any given card, you're gonna have any mix of any of these different events, so everyone's gonna get something. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're going to get people that are just rolling around grappling, high-level grappling. You're going to get people that just want to knock each other the fuck out. Yep. You get more Thai and kickboxing. And then you're going to get your MMA. Yes, 100%. Yeah. And, and to piggyback off of that, even though there's all these different sports underneath this one promotion, even though there's all these different champions and all these different weight divisions mm-hmm. in under this one promotion, no pun intended, literally, it doesn't feel that congested 
It feels oh, like they do all. a really good job oh, yeah. of fleshing it out. You know who the champions are. You understand the, the storylines. You understand, like, what's what's in place for whatever it is. You know, it just, it, it really amazes me because there's, you know, other promotions, um, even the UFC, who's the, the number one MMA promotion, at least for right now, mm-hmm. Um there are times when the cards get so jammed up that I get forgetting like who in this weight division, which fight is this in? Yeah. Is this a one thirty five? Is this a one forty five? Like yeah. a lot of that. Whereas with one champion, it was kind of like that in the beginning, but now it feels even more so that like you just if you don't understand what's gonna go on, they're gonna do a good job of explaining it. They'll do a good job of highlighting, you know when they go to different promotions, what mm-hmm. the different rule sets are, even though there's all this different uh, stuff going on on each card, it doesn't feel like it's just all meshed together, you know, like you oh, would absolutely. assume. Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> watching the last couple of one cards, um, and again, it's so, it's so funny to me that I keep coming up with reasons to talk about them, even though we've talked about them so much. But a couple of things I wanted to bring up. Um, one, I know we've talked about it before, Fights are judged as a whole. Yes. Which is a great thing you see time and time again. Not to take anything away from this 10-point must system that boxing has, because it serves a certain purpose for sure. But when you get into some of the crazy judging that you get, the crazy different scorecards that, Mm -hmm. that you get, when you start to look at these fights as a whole, yes, there's different rounds, but when you look at the fight as a whole, it's it no longer is this... You know, fighter A barely squeaked out rounds one and two. Fighter B clearly won round three, but fighter A still gets the win. That is completely done for mm-hmm. in in one because yep. you get to judge the fight as a whole. So you're you look you're watching the entire thing, and regardless of what round it was in, who did it, you get to look at it, and it. I, I feel like it, you're gonna get the right outcome more often than you are with the 10 point must system. I agree. No, I, I completely agree. They do do a good job of judging the fight on a whole mm-hmm. as its entirety, kind of the old pride rules. Um, mm-hmm. But not, uh, it doesn't feel as corrupt as the old pride rules were sometimes. Oh yeah. Um, and also it doesn't feel as corrupt as the UFC nowadays. Oh man. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, when you have that idea of judging around, judging a fight, in its entirety, mm-hmm. it can get very subjective, but it, it almost makes more sense, especially when you're dealing with different sports. You're kind of, the more that you're watching it, you know what you're looking for. You're looking for damage. You're looking for who initiated their game plan more, mm-hmm. who got off more, you know, who put the other fighter in more da- in more uh, threatening positions, who tried to finish the fight. All those things become more clear when you're just like, okay, because when you do the round for round, which we'll talk about tonight, when you do the round for round, like, we can get to the end result Mm -hmm. and we both saw the same fight. And just because maybe you've seen that this fighter a kind of squeaked out round three and I thought fighter B kind of squeaked it out. The more that that happens when you get to the end, you get these crazy, like, you know, decisions where you're like, how the hell did you give four rounds to that? And it's like, well, I just, cause I thought that they, and, and so it gets to a point where it almost makes more sense to judge it that way, to judge it in its entirety and kind of get away from that 10 point plus system. It, it absolutely does. And you can even hear the commentators in the UFC cards talking about it because, you know, commentator one will be like, well, I think so-and-so won round one because of this. And the other commentator will be like, well, I think so-and-so. And the point 
of that round is it was a close round and neither fighter dominated the other. Exactly. Right? So if two rounds, you know, if it's a five-round fight and three rounds, four rounds go through like that, and then finally, one of the rounds, somebody has a clear advantage, that's the person that gets to fight because the uh, all of the other engagements throughout the fight were so clear yeah. that no longer do you get bogged down by, you know, so-and-so got... 10 points for doing this and also got nine because that's so subjective. Whereas yes. when you look at it as a whole, it becomes so much less subjective. Yeah. It kind of, it's, it's funny. We talk, I, I talk a lot about this, that no matter how far you go with anything, you end up having to come all the way back. And it's like the same thing here with this judging thing where like, it almost makes more sense if you're going to have the 10 point must system that rounds that are that close when no fighter has really like established dominance over that round to do nine nines. Yeah, like or, it almost or 10 10. Exactly, the round is a draw. Exactly. I it makes more agree. sense because then, as you get further into the fight, those rounds where the dominance was assessed, that's what would overshadow to be like, look, this fighter did more. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But they don't do that. Right. But that kind of goes back to the old school where it was like, it's a draw unless somebody finished. You know what I'm saying? Like, it almost <laughs> has to back, go. Do you see what I'm saying? It almost yeah. has to do the full circle again. Yep. Which is interesting. And we can talk a lot more about that. We could talk about how the gloves that one uses is a, the better glove oh, than man. what the UFC uses oh, with yeah. the natural curve so you yeah. don't get as many eye pokes mm-hmm. and the rest of it. But we're kind of getting away from what we're talking about. Let's, we are. Let's, let's I, I did want to bring the, up one more thing okay. that I was really impressed with and that just hit me as I was watching the last one card. Um, a lot of these promotions give out bonuses, 50K bonuses yes. for performance nights. One does that too, but they do it differently. They give it to you right after your fight ends. Right there. You they, know, they come into the knows. ring yep. and they tell you, they're like, hey, guess what? Chatri just gave you $50,000. 50, so it doesn't depend on or what. Or 100000 exactly. yeah, exactly. whatever the fuck. So yeah. it doesn't matter what anybody else does for the rest of that card or anything like Because that's what Dana White likes to do. He likes to pit everybody against each other and yeah. like, oh, well, this is ha- this happens. So this is who's going to get it. That's not how Chatri's doing it. That's not how one's doing it. They're like, hey, that fight was awesome. You guys kicked some ass. Fifty grand. Boom. There yeah. it is. Yeah. And there's not like, we're only gonna give three. Exactly. So, because exactly. then you get into fight, then you get into fight cards where there's, where there's fighters that definitely should have got that yeah. bonus, but because these guys did, oh, uh, sorry, you yeah. don't get it. It's like, and one, yeah. it's like it doesn't matter. It's like, dude, you went out there and had a great performance. Fifty thousand dollars. Next guy did it. Straight up. Fifty thousand dollars. I yeah. mean, it, no, a hundred percent. You hit the nail on the head. So, talking about that, let's circle back to yeah. one fight night fourteen. Um, amazing night, history making night. Where do you want to start? So let's start with <clears throat> let's on a on a down note. Um, Angela Lee, yes, came out um, in tears with her belt, and she laid it down in the squared circle, and and she retired. She's yes, been, she's been going through a lot. Angela Lee is a phenomenal fighter. Oh. She's an amazing fighter. Amazing. And don't know her personally, but I'm sure she's an amazing human being. So. Um, whatever she needs to do to be happy and get through what she's got to get through. Let's hope that she does it, but I'm going to be sad that we don't get to see Angela Lee anymore. I, I totally agree. Um, a hundred percent. Um, I feel like, you know, maybe I took a little bit of her being there for granted. Um, especially yeah. when she came out, um, man, I mean, there's so much to talk about there on that first part. Um, so before she came out, they did a pro, they had a promo, to, that they were going to show before the match. And when I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, this is a promo for the main event because that's where we're headed into is the mm-hmm. main event. And then it's Angela Lee and talking about 
a lot of the stuff that she's had to go through since she's been out, you know, um, for a while and, um, you know, uh, her sister passing away. Yeah. Um, a lot of other things that uh, have happened and dude, like, like I, I remember texting you and being like, dude, one's promos are on another level. Like yep. you're watching this combat sports event. And there's a certain fervor that's associated with combat sports, being a combat sports fan, really electric, exciting, you know, a lot of that, like getting into a, um, almost a primal nature of like wanting to see a good fight, wanting to see somebody get finished, like in the electricity that's in the air, like all of that is a hundred percent there. But then for one to do it and be able to turn it on its head and, and bring in this uh, promo package that's, you know, really emotional, really heartfelt, like really, I mean, almost got me to the point of, of like shedding some tears real. I mean, it, it, man, it's just like, it's not, it's not like another combat sports event. I no. mean, it's, it's, it, it's like its own thing. It's, it, you would never see, we talked about this before. You would never see something like that in the UFC. The UFC could never do something, put something together where you have an entire fight card. You're feeling the way the fight card's going. We go into the main event and then they have this like drama that plays out, this real life drama. They bring mm-hmm. in the former champion. You don't know when she's walking out, what's going on. In my head, I, I was watching it live and in my head, I'm like, why are they bringing out Angela Lee? Why is she carrying her belt? She's in her clothes. Yeah. I'm like, is she going to retire? Like, yeah. that's what I'm thinking yeah. when it's happening. And she gets out there and sure enough, she lays the belt down and talks, talks about everything, which makes total sense, you know, about needing to take care of yourself first, especially before you go and put yourself back into the, the cage or, or into that the, ring, you the know? The freaking meat grinder that is yeah, yeah. combat sports. 100%. Yeah. And so, um, you know, but like, yeah, but being able to do it, orchestrate it so well that it's it doesn't feel out of place, that it brings to the it brings a full feel to the event. I mean... I was just I was I was completely blown away. So it it has a lot to do with what all, all they've done in, in the past for Angela Lee, right? And and it's yeah. and, and the it's, Lee family. And the Lee family. And it's this respect that one has for its fighters, yes. for the people that are under their umbrella. The people that build the, the organization. Exactly. Exactly. And so and so it's easier for them to do that because they've already put so much into caring for these fighters and respecting them and putting them on their pedestals and giving them their matchups and letting them do the things they want to do in combat sports, letting stamp, you know, go for belts and different types of combat, you know, like that's, these are the things that they do. So you can tell that they mean it when they do something like this. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, um, and yeah. And I mean, it just like, it made, it made the main event, mean that much more and and the fact that like it was funny because before that during the event which was a fucking phenomenal event if, if you didn't watch it go back and fucking watch if you're it. not watching one fighting championships <laughs> on Prime. you're not listening to our podcast <laughs> um no you're so missing yeah, out yeah and and they don't like pay us anything or give us anything we're just fans of it and appreciate something that that that's done that well but anyways getting back to my point um that you know they were talking about it beforehand and they were saying like, Oh, there's going to be like four belts or three belts on the line tonight. And I was like, yeah, but it's an interim belt. And they were like, Oh, stamps going to go for an MMA championship. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, it's an interim belt. Like I get it. You're trying to sell the card, but like we're already tuning in. So Mm -hmm. like, 
don't don't you know belittle our intelligence like don't you know what i'm saying yeah. like it's an interim title until she beats the champ it's not going to and then this happens you're like oh these motherfuckers yep, yep. they fucking they knew did. they knew i mean obviously because they, they had angela there and they had the promo yep. package and everything but they were just waiting and then right before the whole night you're like it's an interim belt it's an interim belt and right before the main event champion comes out relinquishes her belt nope it's for the title it's here we go belt. you know? I know i mean it just it drives that even yeah. more that like electricity of you're like holy shit and the fighters knew so it wasn't like pulling the fucking exactly. rule over on them they knew what the deal yeah. was before they went in there but for all of us watching yeah. we were just like holy shit yeah. i mean fucking kudos fucking bravo stand up and clap absolutely that's how you do a fucking fight card. absolutely and that whole fight card, top to bottom, uh, everyone showed out, man. Yeah. And they usually do on these one fight cards. And I'm not saying, you know, every fight card has, you know, generally speaking, has some lulls or whatever. But, again, that goes back to the best thing about them switching up the, the different types of combat you're seeing. Because you don't, you see so much less of that, you know? Yes, yes, exactly. And, um, you know, speaking of the fight card, um, a lot of amazing matchups um to get to that that happened we're not gonna get into all of them you need to go back and and watch the card we, i mean just us talking about it really couldn't do it enough justice but just to touch on a few of the the main fights um if you want one thing i wanted to talk about was stamp becoming a triple champion yeah. in three different sports the first person to ever do ever. ever do it to hold a muay thai world title a kickboxing world title and an yeah, mma world, world title, title. Yep. And she's a female. Yep. I mean, it's just like, and she won by uh, body kick. Yep. I TKO. mean, I mean, yeah. another Nasty. fucking body kick. You Nasty. know. Um. And, and um. Uh. And her opponent. Um. Uh. So he him right. She was she was game. She kept oh, clocking yeah. fucking Stam with that right hand. Yeah. Stam kept walking into that overhand right. She kept hitting it. It busted up her eye. Yeah. I mean, it was. I was like, oh, this is you know, because you knew that they wanted Stam to win. She's yes. the younger fighter. She has all this hype behind her. You could just tell when we went to go see her. You know, um, in Denver, there at their um only U.S. show to date, um. She was like, it was her and Rod Tang that were the stars. Super As soon stars. as they came out, it was just, it was crazy loud the whole time. Unreal. Everybody loved them. So you know that one wants to put Stamp as their champion. They want her to, to yeah. anchor that. And they, and they are superstars. And that's, and they are superstars the way they should be superstars. They're superstars based on their merit. Yes. Not based on... You know their their popularity, although they are extremely popular where they're from, or their it's managers' not, politicking, or their managers' politics, or their Instagram followers, or their you know internet presence. It's based on their performance and their merit inside the cage, which is a wonderful thing to see. Yeah, and and I love that <clears throat> Stamp has such has so much character. Yeah, like she's such a, and she and she plays it up. She's dancing when she comes out. She has her playlist you know she's doing it for you it's a different dance every time and then she just goes out and wrecks girls you know like, yeah yeah and, and and you're right and um ham she was she was game she was making it an mma fight which yeah. is the, which was the thing like, yes and the last couple opponents we've seen stamp fight have really made an effort to make sure they're putting stamp in an mma fight yeah. like i'm gonna clinch you we're gonna grind this out there's gonna be yeah. takedown attempts like and stamp is stamp has showed out yes yeah she's been able to show that her, you know, um, uh, great skills that she's developed through, you know, uh, Muay Thai, through kickboxing, mm -hmm. is able to translate into MMA. She's able to, you know, 
withstand or negotiate the ground game and the clinch game and all the rest of that. Um, and you know, that fucking, that fucking body kick, man. Like it's so fucking devastating. You could, when she was hitting her, uh, ham with it, I mean, you could tell like it was just, you know, fucking damaging. And then it ended up stopping her. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it'd be really interesting to see what, where she goes from here. But, um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? So I did want to talk about um, Edward Foliang. Ah, <clears throat> um, this is a guy yes. that's been around for a long time. Another guy we got a chance to see in Denver Live. Yes. And, and, and even then, like this guy isn't one of these guys that's coming out that's necessarily the favorite anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's fighting younger fighters, and, and he's not... These aren't like clean wins. Like yeah. he's taking punishment, but he's hanging in there. And he has... And so he beat American round three knockout in a fight he was losing to yep. Amir Khan. Yep. He's beat Amir Khan before, like five years ago. Yep. And, you know, he's a former lightweight champ. He's he's a legend. Yes. He's a one fighting championship. He's yes. an MMA legend yeah. also. But uh, I didn't I didn't see that coming. As much of a big fan of Edward Foliang as I am, and being able to see him live and do the same thing live, I still didn't see it coming. Yeah. I was like, no, Amir's good. He's got his number. He's young. He's... He's just, you know, he just he's he's fighting clean, <laughs> and then, man, my halfway through round three, he he, yeah, he finally uncorked that left hook and knocked him out. And he got him out. Another thing you didn't see was my boy Dmitry Menshikov, okay, coming out of Russia, okay, taking taking out. Um, True. Uh, I did not see that. Yeah, Sitsing Pinong. Yeah, uh, yep. taking out taking out that guy, dude. Nope, dude, I was wrong. I'm gonna be honest with you. I could <laughs> tell before they even got there. I was like, did they clone Fedor? This dude <laughs> yeah. looks like he's Fedor's little brother. <laughs> yeah. He's walking out there. I was like, this dude's about to yeah. fuck some shit up. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he so, did. He yeah, yeah he, and that was that was impressive. Um, Aza, I was so wrong about this whole card. <laughs> so I had Rambo Lek beating Aza Ten Pow, and uh, and Khan winning, and yeah, and Aza Ten Pow had he's got legit power. He's yes. got that scary power. Yep. Like they were both landing, but Rambo Lek was just getting so busted, and finally got finally got finished. So again, props to Aza Ten Pow Rep- representing Florida um, Muay Thai, by the way, which is, sounds like a weird sentence to say, but yeah, no, exactly. Um, and also I want to give a quick shout out to, uh, my Paisan heavyweight, uh, <laughs> yeah. Moreau Sorelli, uh, dude, fucking, I forget what, I forget what his uh, nickname is, the fucking Italian bear or something like that. That dude <laughs> yeah. just went out there and fucking yeah. mauled Paul Elliott. Yeah. And that dude, Paul Elliott, he looked like, um, you know, like the, the classic, like, um, you know, fucking biggest, toughest, like, you know, fucking gym dude kind of guy. Oh, like yeah. he, he was like oh, yeah. totally cut. Totally looked like it, was, and dude just went out there, took him down, beat the fuck out of him. Fucking had his eye almost hanging out of his head. <laughs> they fucking stopped that shit. And he was like, "That dude didn't want to fight anymore." He was like, "I'm fucking good." I'm no, fucking no, good. You could like, tell. They're like, "Okay." You could tell. No, yeah. that's that's awesome. Um, Ace has a new um, great white hope here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about white, but my WAP pick is definitely great WAP hope. Yes, great yes. WAP hope. Yeah. So um, that's that's uh, yeah. Um, it's not easy to get behind the Italian fighters. I'm not gonna lie. So, but that's one I'm definitely. But no. But but the whole rest of the card was good. Uh, the champion, um, Zhejing Chang, um, right? Um, she yep. looked really good. Um, uh, taking on uh, that opponent that she fought. Um, you know, it was a good card. All yeah. in all, yeah, it was yeah, a really, it was really good, good card. card. So yeah, if you haven't watched it, go fucking watch it. Um, and speaking of going to watch things, let's talk about. Another live event that we've done within since our last show. 
Yeah, we got a chance to go see <clears throat> some bare knuckle fights. Yes, in BKFC live, live yes. in Denver. In Denver, in the same arena the that same one was at. Arena that we got to see in, in one. So Broomfield, right? Yes, Broomfield um, Event Center, first bank center now. First bank center now. So great, Fuck the bank. great place to watch the fights. Um, and and BKFC, it's not it's not the you know top tier organization necessarily yeah. as one fighting championship. Not even close. However. Getting a chance to see some some bare knuckle boxing yes. firsthand. God, yes. we got great seats front yep. row. Like, yep. yeah, that was that was killer. We were right behind the press. <laughs> so, <laughs> Bullshit betting with the press. I was, be- I was making bets with the press, <laughs> which I lost. Thanks, Kamosi. Um, uh, well, yeah. To be honest, though, I don't know that fucking when you when you never want any home cooking, you don't get it. And the one <laughs> time you do, you you're it. like you motherfucker. I know so. you couldn't give them that. I know, yeah. but but it was good though. Um, yeah. uh, great experience. Um, watched every fight, didn't miss anything. Um, some of your, so what's what's one of your biggest highlights from that? My biggest highlight had to be the very first fight on um, the main card. Our boy Strode yep. taking on uh, Caprio. Yep, dude, fucking yeah. the whole time. The whole but, time we're watching it, we're like, we're wa- we're waiting for the fights, you know. And they have like the prelims, and you're you're locked in. You're waiting there, you know. And and here's the thing that I'm gonna tell you. BKFC, here comes the criticism, okay? Yeah. Fucking one thing you guys need to do better is like they have the same entrance music for every fucking fighter. Right. Every fighter, you knew when they were going to come out because they had the same loud, like, yep. audio pop that was way too fucking loud. Way too loud for whatever <laughs> and system then, yeah, was exactly, in the Yeah, blowing center. the fucking speaker, <laughs> making it sound like shit. And it was the same thing. And then they would play, like, whatever fighter's entrance music after that. Um, but, like, when Strode came out, he came out to um, Two of America's Most Wanted, classic Tupac, Snoop Dogg song. Mm-hmm. Right when he came out, it was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I'm rolling with this fucking guy. You yeah. know, he comes out. Uh, Caprio comes out. They're fighting back and forth. Caprio seemed to be, um, like, uh, better at getting the clinch, and he was scoring in the clinch. Yeah. Strode was better at keeping the distance. He was better technically putting the combos together. Um, and it was really about who was going to... Um, inflict their style to, uh, you know, kind of do the more damage or maybe end the fight. And fucking Strode put together a beautiful three-piece combo. It was and literally a thing of beauty. And, and set him live, right on his ass. Seeing it live, it's it's how do it's almost like it's almost like watching an explosion and then feeling the concussive force yes. of of the wind. Yep. That's honestly how it how it appeared to me because yeah. when he unleashed it. You know, lands the double jab and the right straight down the pipe. And, like, I saw it knock Caprio <laughs> back. He does the swim move. Like, he's lost his balance. You know, he does the swim move back on his ass. Plans like, like, on his ass. Yeah. Like, you feel that yeah. in there. You're yeah. just like, holy shit, yeah. man. Yeah, exactly. And these, were, and these weren't, like, big dudes. You know, no, 125, 120 no. yeah. something. Yeah, if Like, that. yeah. So, I mean, they yeah, they weren't big at all. But, like... Nah, amazing, amazing fight was fucking was big on that. What was the, what was another fight? Come on. Yeah, that was Let's the go. knockout of the night for sure. Um, I thought Vandermeer's performance against Wine Miller was fantastic. Fucking... He beat the ever loving shit out of that dude. Yeah. Um, that is definitely a guy to watch moving forward. Is is Vandermeer. the boy Vandermeer? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, yeah, another great knockout. the The difference in that fight was really. Wine Miller never really had a chance to get in it. It looked like two guys that were on completely different skill levels. Absolutely, v- Vandermeer was hitting him and not getting hit, and looked like he was just trying to set up the right punch and set it up within the first round and fucking took him out. Yeah. I mean, looked like he was on another level. Cruiserweight fight, big dude. 
Really interested to see what that dude moving forward. I'd like to see him get a couple more fights, but he, I mean, he may be somebody to threaten um, the fucking hunt. Maybe at the, maybe, maybe. one day. Maybe one maybe. day. So, yeah. Uh, looked really good. Either way. Um, another fight that I wanted to touch on, um, and probably like the biggest fan reaction of the night, had to be the co-main event. Josh Copeland out of Denver um, fought a former professional boxer professional boxer at cruiserweight yeah. um steve herilius did he did he used to have a belt was he a former champion he had a, he had a few belts you yeah. know how convoluted belts get in yeah. boxing though yeah. like for every weight class there's literally like seven or eight different belts yeah but he did have a few yeah. absolutely yeah and so yeah so they um they had a fight um herilius another one of those boxers that comes into bkfc and doesn't seem like he really had it figured out didn't really understand what was going on he thought he was going to be able to sort of like show box or be able to like just kind of like you know play to the fan reaction and that was going to be his offense is what it looked like yeah and especially when copeland is the fan favorite like he's the hometown fucking fighter like you gotta go out there and you gotta put on a performance you gotta fucking do something and so all he did by showboating like that was it made everybody you know in the stadium (laughs) want to go for copeland and copeland wasn't making it look pretty but he was making it a fight he was doing what he needed to do um you know fucking getting the punches getting the clinch work getting as much as he could on the clinch work until he eventually got the right punch sat Herilius down Herilius, yep. you know looked like he could try to get up tried to get up fell back down yep, at, at seven everybody knew we all went fucking crazy it, yeah. it was awesome no the whole time i'm thinking you know when showboating goes wrong right yep. because yep. Because he does. He wants to be the boxer. He's got good head movement. He has good combos. Like, he has all the stuff that a boxer has. Yep. But in bare local boxing, you, you don't have the margin of error is a lot smaller than it is in a boxing ring. So yes. when you do that and you get clipped, you go down. Yes. And, I, and even the first time he went down, you could tell he was, like, shaking it off. He's like, no, that wasn't a thing. And he even got me believing for a second that it wasn't a thing. But then right after that, he went back to doing the show, but anything, got clipped again, went down, and couldn't get back up. 100%. And we talked about before, I was giving you, uh, you know, I was joshing with you about when you were wrong about those fight predictions. I was fucking wrong as shit. About this fight prediction. Right before this fight happened, I remember yeah. like fucking leaning over and being like, dude, Aurelius is gonna knock Copeland the fuck out. <laughs> like, I literally yeah. thought Aurelius was gonna put it on Copeland just because Copeland's stand up has never been his thing. It's never been his bread and butter. Right. Like, he can make it a scrap, but in his MMA fights, in his previous uh, bare knuckle fights, um, you know, he's kind of the guy that takes a lot of damage yeah. and tries to weather that. And maybe he gets the decision, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that was my feeling as I was like, dude, this Aurelius dude's gonna come out here and fucking put a peace combo on him and take him out and i was fucking wrong as shit about that and yeah. i was glad i was because once i realized that herelius wasn't there to fight i was like come <laughs> yeah, on exactly. copeland let's fucking do yeah. this yeah you lost him halfway through that fight yeah <clears throat> um yeah and then the main event was kind of lackluster um i don't know if you did you catch the post-fight press conference um no. afterwards no. uh dave felder the fucking dana white of bkfc mm-hmm. um he was that was his biggest gripe is he was like look he's like if you're fighting for a title, I believe you got to go out on a shield, okay? A lot of people come to see this fight. We're not out here trying to do, like, you know, this for that, tit for tat. Like, if, if the title's on the line, 
somebody's got to bleed. You yeah, know? <laughs> tell us and, how you really feel. Yeah, babe. exactly. And and, uh, and so and I mean, I, I guess I kind of uh, echo that uh, um, viewpoint just because that was really the fight that we were there for. Right? True. Very once, true. Once we got there, we were there for the whole card. Yeah. But the main fight that we wanted to see was Hunt versus Kamozi. You know, yeah. and it really didn't live up to the hype. Yeah, we, we've seen some we've seen Hunt do some really impressive things. Um, watching him on the screen, so I was stoked about that. Komotsi's been, you know, he's like kind of a newer uh, fighter to bare knuckle. bare knuckle fighting, but he's been absent in MMA for a long time, so we yep. didn't know. So to see him show up in BKFC was like, hey, remember Chris Komotsi? Fuck yeah, I remember like, Chris yeah, Komotsi. Let's, let's see what he can do. And it was a closely contested fight. Yeah. It, it, it was. And, and I would have liked to see more from both. There were times where Komotsi could have committed more. And and there were times where Hunt could have let it go yeah. and shown and him his power. Did. Exactly. Yeah. They both respected each other too much. Yeah. They didn't want to put that solve themselves in that position. They kinda wanted to you know, Kamozi kinda wanted to lean on him and do enough to get the judge's decision. Yeah. And Hunt realized that, I think, and that's why he was trying to go for it a little bit more mm-hmm. than Kamozi was, and maybe that's why they ended up giving him the fight. I don't fucking know. Maybe, but so in some of those exchanges, Hunt missed big. A lot, a lot, yeah. exactly. And another thing about watching it live, if you're not being able to see it, and that's the other thing, sometimes the viewpoint for these combat sports um, um, fights, the best viewpoint isn't right under the cage. <laughs> yeah. It's not looking right <laughs> up know. at them. Yeah, then you're, right. You know what I'm saying? Because then you're trying to see through the ropes and everything. Mm-hmm. It's almost better to be a little bit further back or a little bit up above them yeah. so that you don't have as much in your way of yeah. being able to see what happens. True that. Um, or, so maybe there was some of that. Right. Or, or, if, or when they're fighting um, <clears throat> and, and they're engaged, but one fighter's back is to you and the other fighters in front of him and you can't see the other fighter at yeah, all yeah. all you can see is a fighter's back yep. and you're like what, what what's oh oh he got hit like you can see sweat flying off you're like he got a hit <laughs> like <laughs> yes yes exactly um yeah it, it was really great um a good thing and a bad thing i would like to say about going to see bkfc live um, for those of you that haven't had a chance to get that experience um was a, a good thing about it was being able to see the fighters afterwards, um, you know, walk around um, and get to see like in the um, in the Yates Torres fight. Um, Yates was a big um, fan favorite. I think he was fighting out of like Colorado Springs or something like that. It was yeah, yeah, one of the one of somewhere in Colorado. Like yeah, and it wasn't a great fight. Um, I kind of thought Torres maybe had done a little bit more to win the fight. It, it was close. It was a close mm-hmm. fight, but. Yates at the end had broke both of his hands and he wasn't able to throw both of his hands yeah. um, in the fight and you could tell and then afterwards he was walking around and talking with people and um, you know trying to take pictures or whatever and he had his hands look like he they were all like bent over each other and messed up and no matter where he went he was just like holding his hands <laughs> no, up because they were both completely broken yeah. Um, yeah so that was something interesting to see I, and it wasn't good to see his hands broken but it was good to see it's good to be able to be there and get to see a lot more of like the the realism behind these fighters the human side exactly. of these fighters exactly. get to see them with their families get to see the after effects the aftermath yes. of yeah and, and of a lot these of wars that. that they get into exactly yeah. besides just what you get to see on tv that's mm-hmm. obviously one of the the best things about going to see an event live um one of the things that really bkfc needs to work on we've already talked about one but another thing is that fucking dude that fucking tries to like hype up the crowd he like he plays like a fucking dipshit, like a jester. He goes out there and he fucking um, tries to like hype the crowd. He does it in a he does it in a very like low level way. They bring out a fucking bazooka t-shirt gun that's gonna shoot a t-shirt that like 
Who knows if you're going to be able to wear the fucking thing or not, but they fucking come out there and they're like, who wants a t-shirt? Who wants a t-shirt? No. And like, and like in the beginning, like if they did that through like the prelims, I could see that. Yeah. I could see yeah. hyping people up. But when you're doing it between every fucking fight <laughs> to try to get a fan reaction, I mean, literally within the, by the time we got to the main card, we, I was literally flipping him off. He's no, like, who yeah. wants a t-shirt? No, we and we're weren't. fucking flipping the dude off. So, and so not only that, but he's, he's plugging his own podcast, yeah. which I'm sure is sponsored by BKC. I'm sure that's yeah. why he's there is because yeah. they have this, you know, these hands scratching each other, washing each other's hands, whatever that expression is. But, but you're right. He's, he's doing it in a real lowbrow way. It's not. He's not, not clever. He's not really getting the audience. Yeah. Uh, trying to play one side against the other and all this. And and just for me personally, like, guess what I did when I walked through the doors when I first got to the arena? Well, I went and bought a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. And tried to. But once again, that's another thing about BKFC. Their fucking merch was like, <laughs> what are you doing? First off, they had like, it was very limited on the merch yeah. they did have yeah. on the shit. But then even that, they had like... Uh, and they had someone else, like they had the event people, the people from the first bake center, right. selling the selling the stuff. They didn't fucking know what was going yeah, on. They had no it's idea. like it's like why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you go through and and bring all the all the uh, merch and sell all the merch, especially if you don't have like exclusive merch, especially if you don't have like I mean, what's the fucking point? You could literally all the stuff that they had there, you could literally buy plus more the night of the event from your home on your fucking yep. cell phone for half the price. Yeah, because they give the way the oh buy right now buy tonight you get 50 percent off yeah whatever exactly i know you could have even done better that's what i'm saying bkfc you have to do better yeah i i I get i get that like you know like you're a a brand new promotion you're going through the growing pains all that i get 100 percent. are they a brand new promotion though i mean relatively i mean within i mean when you're when bkfc has been around for what like four years now something like that okay i mean still it's like in its baby years right okay so like i get that but i'm also saying that like when you're expecting fans to pay and come see it, and this is their like third time being back in Denver in this yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, like there are fans that are going to come that haven't been there before like us. Mm-hmm. There's got, you know what I'm saying? Like, seriously, like step your fucking game up. Yeah. You know, dude, we're watching the fight. We're watching the motherfucking pre- we're watching the motherfucking prelims and and there's the fucking Titantron right there and they don't even turn on the fucking know, fight for us to, or show us the I fucking know. replays yeah. until like the second or third fight. We're literally watching it and, and the dude, some dude got a fucking finish in like the first or second fight and we're like, dude, what happened? What happened? I'm trying to see the fucking replay. Yeah. It does, all it shows is like, BKFC owned by Thriller. Yeah. Like it just keeps showing that graphic yep. and it's like, what the, f- we don't give a fuck about that. That's what I'm saying. That's when you get the people that are paying that are your fans, especially when you're a, a growing promotion. That's when you rub them the wrong way. You're like, dude, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck, dude? If you don't Agreed. give a fuck, why the fuck should I give a fuck? Ex- yeah, no, it's exactly, that's, yeah. Yeah. So, that's all right. it. Yeah. Show. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tune in next week. Um, all right. Um, Let's let's move on here. Uh, what's what's something else that we want to talk about? Uh, so we wanted to talk about um, another another one fighting championship fight. Um, Rod Tang uh. got finally got his chance to fight Superlek. Uh, these guys have both been around for uh. a minute and both extremely accomplished Muay Thai fighters. Both excellent Muay Thai fighters. The highest level. Super, super high level. It was so super stoked to get to see them share the ring with each other. And they did this one in the ring. Yes. Um, it wasn't the squared circle like they do most of the time. And which it, I'm, st- I'm starting to think maybe Rod Tang kind of thrives in that squared circle environment, maybe more so in the ring. But I thought 
he fought a great fight. Yep. I thought he wrecked Superlek. And when it came down to the end, the only thing I had seen Superlek do, he, I mean, he lands some leg kicks because he's the, he's the master kicker. Yeah. That's what he does. And some knees. And, and some knees. But that was what it was. It was clinch knees yes. because he was sick of getting punched and elbowed in the face. Dude, his Because dude. he had like six gashes Ugh. on his forehead and Those his nose fucking elbows, and face. Ugh, like, so gruesome. Like, Rod Tang took it to him and he was bloody and they gave that fight to Superlight. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know the history behind it. It was in Thailand at the um, uh, Limpe Stadium. Limpe Stadium. Limpe Stadium. Thailand. Yeah. Um, yeah um, I, I don't know. Maybe they feel like Rod Tang now is becoming more of like a bigger star outside of it. Maybe Superlack is being more like you know, honorable to uh, the Muay Thai stuff. Because it's, I mean, it's a big thing there. That's like, you know, the Lupe Stadium, Muay Thai, mm-hmm. it's nice level. It's it's it, it's a bubble inside the bubble, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe there was some of that going on there. But no, to echo your sentiment even more, I mean, Raw Tank fucked Super Lek up. Within like, the, dude, it was no, three bad. rounds. It was three rounds. It was three <laughs> rounds of nonstop war. Like literally, there's not a point where those two are feeling each other out. It's no. like the bell rings and they just fucking go. Yeah. And and with, by the time the first round's done, Super Lek, he had come in, he had his hair dyed uh, blonde. By the end of the first round, his whole head was fucking red. Yeah. There was so much blood from the gashes off the top of his head pouring into the rest of his hair. I mean, his fucking head was just completely fucking red. His face was fucked up. And then there was two more rounds of nonstop <laughs> two punishment. More rounds to go. I don't know. I don't know what... I mean, don't get me wrong. I, we paint it as it's really one-sided. And it, and it was pretty one-sided to us it i mean there was a good fight they both did a good job they if did. you go if you go back and watch the fight you'll be able to see the super leg definitely hung in there he definitely was able to uh try to you know slow some of rod tang's offense down using those clinch those knees and the clinch to the body they did seem to do damage but rod tang every time he got a chance he would he would step back frame up elbow to the face yeah. elbow again yeah. uh you know fucking uh kicked a uh, leg kicks i mean he was just damaging him all over and then by the end of the fight you had rod tang that fucking looked like he had a couple of bumps and superlek whose face was fucking mangled Gashed. i mean completely fuck his yeah. hair's all red he's all fucked up and then they're like superlek one and you're just like, <laughs> no, what I, the know, fuck? I know, I know, I yeah, and I, and I was so so confident that Rod Tang had won that. It was one of those like I wasn't, you know, I was I was doing stuff, you know, I had it on in, in the kitchen. I'm, I'm after it, like I was glued to it during the fight, but once it was over and they're collecting the scorecards and the judges or whatever, like I go back to doing my thing and I'm just listening to it because I'm totally fully expecting them to say Rod Tang. <laughs> it's like super lag. I'm like. Okay, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, did you guys watch the same ass kicking that I just saw? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they watched, but from what I watched, I'm confident to say that here in October, that fight has to be fight of the year. Has to be. Okay. And and, and my my opinion, I mean, there's been some other really great fights this year in MMA and in a lot of else, but like, I mean, when it comes to like stand up fighting at the highest level, nonstop, two champions throwing caution to the wind and seeing who the fuck is going to be able to fucking leave standing at the end. I, 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 I haven't seen it that better in fucking years, probably since like the pride days. Really. I haven't seen it then been that good. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was pretty epic. Yeah. It was pretty epic. Um, and, and just because I want to do fight of the year, it's, you know, it's due service. I, 
I'd actually have to go through and look at the cards <laughs> to see. You're probably right, because when you think about it, it's the first one that comes to mind. It was, it was that good. Um, but I'd like to come up with some honorable mentions, and I'd, I'd, really, I'd really have to go back and look hard, though. Yeah, exactly, over the cards. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's it's... I mean, just before we sat down to do this, we were going back through and just looking at some of the, you know, major cards that we had missed, and it's just... It's crazy, especially the ending of this year. I mean, I don't know what the fuck's in the water, but it's like fucking wins of change time. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter who the fucking big underdogs are. It doesn't yeah. matter who you think should definitely yeah. win. At this point, anything's in the fucking air, you know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, well, which brings us to the next point. Um, congrats to Sean Strickland. Jesus Christ. For probably... Who the fuck saw that? I, I'm... Who? Yeah. I mean, okay, but there's always people that'll be like, oh, I knew. I said nah, it. And it's like, nah, nah, it's like here's the thing, though. You said it because you don't like Izzy. Yes. Not because you actually thought Sean, Sean was, was the better win. fighter. The only people like, that thought Sean was going to win was his coaches and the people in his corner. Right. That's fucking it, That's dude. it. I'm telling you. Yeah. And and no, and I, and I didn't I didn't either. Like, it, the odds were stacked against him. The history of their their combat records were against him. You know, Izzy has done, we all know what Izzy's done. We all, we've all seen what, Sh- what Sean's done. Yeah. You know, he's not even that far removed from getting knocked out by uh, Alex Pajeda. And, you know, even some of the fights that he wins, like the Cannoneer fight, he lost after that. He yep. lost the Cannoneer fight, which, yep. you know, could have gone either way. I mean, it was, it was close, but you didn't expect the guy that went, you know, bell to bell in a war with Cannoneer to go in there and pitch a shutout against Israel Adesanya. I know. I mean, literally in that first round, he fucking caught his, he dropped him. That um, was, un- I thought it was over. No, I honestly thought it was over. I mean, yeah. I mean, in a, in a lot of other fights, they would have stopped it. Yeah. Izzy was getting, was taking punishment while he was on the ground. He was getting back up. He was standing up. He did the whole almost Rich Franklin put his <laughs> finger know. up like one I second know. while Sean is just unraveling yep. fucking punches on him. And somehow he managed to withstand it and not go back down again. If he would have went back down again, they would have stopped it. It was so fucking close. I was... You know, and I had a uh, parlay that had Izzy for sure winning. Yeah, and too. I was I was like, oh, yeah, it's fucking money in the bank. Money yeah, in the I bank. Know. Let's do this. And it fucking, I was like, oh, I was watching it. I was like on the edge of my seat. Like, come on. Come on, Izzy. Come on, Izzy. But literally from that point on, it was like Izzy couldn't get his game going. He was like almost like slow in the mud. Um, you know, you could talk about uh, Sean Strickland's uh, defensive style of not getting hit a lot. Maybe that had something to do with it. I think personally. I think that he took, he got fucking concussed from that fucking first punch. And from that rest of that point on, he maybe didn't feel like himself. And he just, he couldn't put in, he couldn't mount any real offense on the rest of the fight. And Sean was able just to dictate the fight and do it his way. And he swept him. I mean, absolutely. So. Yeah. Every, every, every round. I mean, I think the officials gave Izzy like one of those rounds, but I didn't, I didn't even necessarily see that. And when we talked about it right after the fight happened, I think you nailed. I think you nailed it right in the head. So <clears throat> Sean did what every good challenger sh- was supposed to do, which is go in there with a specific bl- game plan to nullify all the things that the champion does. Yes. Right? And the good champions are the ones that see that and fight and go plan B. Yes. Go the second route. Yep. And Izzy had no no plan B, nope. no second round, no alternative. Nope. And he kept pumping that dry well even though it didn't work. Mm. It was like, you know, um, you know – Sean Strickland had his skull and crossbones, Philly shell defense, 
that was money. Like not so, nothing got through. Nope. And and usually Izzy's the counter striker and he relies on those leg kicks to keep you at bay. Sean was having none of that. He's like, no, I'm walking you back into the back of the cage. You're not going to be able to kick. You're not going to be able to. You know, you're not as you're not a good. Bo- you're a good kickboxer, but you're not a good boxer. Exactly. So if we're gonna sit here and it's just my hands and your hands. I know my hands are going to beat yours. Yeah. And they did for five rounds. Yep. And he, he wouldn't step back. He wouldn't like a lot of Izzy's opponents and keep that middle range yeah. where Izzy can then, you know, use his uh, style, kind of get you mesmerized, kind of get you, you know, yeah. not thinking about it and stuff. He was stayed up on him, stayed close, kept boxing with him, kept forcing him to fight his fight. And every time he would, you know, he just maybe connected with some, but he would miss with others and Sean would get off on him. And yeah. Um, and yeah, and that was the end of the fight. It was so funny because we're watching it and we both, you know, ha- had our parlays and we're both getting ready to get paid off and stuff. And we're sitting there watching that first round. And I'm like, dude, you know what's crazy thinking about? I was like thinking about that fucking whole UFC game, <laughs> you know, how because the, the, there's the big, uh, uh, you know, a stigma or whatever with the U.S. with uh, EA. EA, they did the Madden games, and everybody that was on the Madden cover had, like, really fucking awful years. Yep, yep. And so there's this whole, like, curse of the yep. Ma- Madden, Madden, of the curse. EA stuff. That's a thing. And so then we're watching, you know, this UFC fight, and um, we're talking about it, and I'm like, dude, it's that fucking EA curse, you know, because Izzy's on the cover of this stuff. And, uh, um, you know, Shevchenko also on the cover, yep. lost, you know. Yep. And so we're talking about that, and literally right after I said that, <laughs> I was like, right after I said that, fucking Sean hit him with that and dropped him was beat him up and i was just like oh like will <laughs> will you were like you were like uh you fucking called it man what the fuck and i'm just thinking like god damn wish i could take that shit back right now <laughs> you know i have fucking I, I remember what it was it was like 300 or something dollars like that was getting ready to get paid out and i was just like oh god damn fucking little oh, fucking yeah, yeah yeah but but no but good for sean um yeah and, great great for sean yeah, yeah. yes 100 percent great for sean What's so great about that's why, you know, we watch this sport because, like, you can never fucking tell. You never can tell, even when the odds are that stacked up against, um, you know, in in that kind of way. You never know who's really going to be able to pull out. Everybody has off nights. Everybody can get caught by anybody else. Um, All of that. But a big thing that I um, like about Strickland being the the champion is that his attitude and mindset after getting the belt has kind of changed before he had the belt. He would, um, you know, always like kind of say stuff for shock value. He's known for being the guy that said that he wants to kill a man in the octagon. That, um, a lot of this like crazy talk just to get people to kind of like know like who he is and mm-hmm. kind of watch him when he fights, whether you like him or not. You yeah. know, um, it's the whole Covington angle, um, kind of done up in a deranged way. Um, but you know, since getting the title and the rest of it, it seems like he's been a lot more centered. Um, I've, I've liked a lot of his commentary that he said, uh, you know, he's, uh, uh, he was um, given the Australian shit about not having um, a free speech thing. Why don't you guys have free speech here? Seem like you guys, you know, are, are um, you know, you guys should um, uh, talking about how like young men shouldn't follow Andrew Tate and that that dude's a d bag and the rest of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, ma- kind of not making the belt, even though like he wasn't. A lot of people, including us, didn't think he was gonna get the belt. He doesn't make it this big thing. He's just like, yeah, it's just another thing. He's he's just looking at it from the you know from taking another fight perspective, not letting it get too big into his head. I mean, all of that I, I commend him for. Um, right. You know, for especially for somebody that wasn't supposed to be there so it's so funny to me to see that transformation because 
you generally see a transformation when somebody goes from challenger to champion. Exactly. But it's usually the opposite direction. More reserved. Like, yep. Well, they, they, they usually go and all of a sudden they're they're full of themselves. Yep. I'm the champ now. And and that's like that's like kind of who he was before he got the belt. And then as soon as he got it, I think so many of these things became clear to him. He's like, you know, it's it's just a belt. He's like, now I'm just kind of now I don't have to fight to get my shot. I got my shot. I got the belt. Now I can kind of just be real with y'all. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. Um and uh you know, it's crazy to think about is like Pahera, Pahera um called it. He was like saying that he thought that Strickland uh, not only could beat Izzy, but would beat Izzy. Right. And everybody was like, dude, you fucking knocked Izzy out. <laughs> or you knocked Sean out, and Izzy knocked you out. What <laughs> yeah. the fuck are you talking about? But, but dude, that's one thing. I think we've talked about it before. It's a, it's analysis that I've been able to see over time. There's this thing with MMA that's so fucking real, and it's this triangle thing. It's this fucking... It, when you try to do the MMA math... It never really works out, and that's kind of what we were talking about before, about who should beat who. Right. But there is this, like, triangle thing. It's this, like, fighter A beat fighter B, fighter B beat fighter C, but fighter C beat fighter A. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it happens so much. Yeah. There's a lot of that those times where I'm looking at it and thinking about, like, who's going to win this matchup and stuff, and then I'll step back and I kind of do that. Is there this is there this triangle effect here? And there is, between, you know, these three fighters, you know, between... Right. Uh, Alex and Izzy and Sean and uh, and and so uh, and and not that it's a foolproof, but I'm just saying it's something that continuously happens, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? So no, so so years ago when I would see that, that's what made me really try hard to analyze fighters, their fighting style, and the things that made them who they were as as fighters, and what made them good as fighters and, and and after so many years of watching it so many of these things started to present themselves when i would watch these fights and that's what lends itself to the the analysis when you can when you can ab- ab- be objective about it and not just be like well so-and-so had a good performance against this person so-and-so had a good performance against yep. this person yep. and so-and-so's on a streak like so much of that stuff especially in in mma and combat sports doesn't matter yep. because it's not a team sport. It's it's you and one other dude yep. in a cage. Yep. And so much of that goes out the window. So what it comes down to are what are the basics of what this fighter does well and what does he like to do and what is he prone to do yep. versus what this fighter generally brings to the table, what he's good at and what he likes to do. You know, and and once you start seeing it from that perspective, then you start to realize how much of that how much of the other stuff doesn't matter, which is why, again, why we watch the sport, yep. because number 10 probably can beat number one on any given night. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's so much harder to work your way up that ladder and string together five, six, seven, eight wins to get there, as opposed to, you know, you watch Michael Bisping get a shot against Luke Rockhold, a guy that had already beat him, and he goes in there and knocks him out. Or seeing, you know, the number five guy... Uh, TJ Dillashaw getting in there against Henan Burrell, who hadn't lost in like 10 fucking years. Something crazy. Going yeah. there and, yep. and wrecks him. Like, this is why you see things yep. in the sport like that. Yep. And, and, and you, so, you know, you're like, well, why didn't you see it coming with Sean Strickland? Because sometimes you just don't. Fuck man. no, you don't. Because sometimes you just Fuck don't. Fuck no, you don't. But with him winning, O'Malley knocking out Aljo in the first round, yeah. nothing fucking coming off that. Yeah. I mean,. Fucking Grasso retaining the title against Shevchenko. I mean, even we'll get into that whole fucking fiasco. But all I'm saying is like, dude, 
If you're fucking betting on this shit, you gotta fucking, you know what I'm saying? You gotta be looking to the stars. <laughs> you better be okay. careful. Yeah. You better be careful, man. Yeah, exactly. Who the fuck knows how it's gonna go out? No, um, I don't know. So yeah, so but speaking of that, let's get into it. Um, Shevchenko and Grasso fought each other, really close fight. Um, I thought it was a great fight. It was a great fight. I was thoroughly enjoying every minute of that fight. Hundred percent. They each had moments. Momentum was going one way, then it was coming back another way. Grasso was landing, then she drops Shevchenko, and then Shevchenko gets right back up and is like, "I'm gonna lean into this jab," and she's doing it and. Then gets a takedown and has back control like it was. Oh my god! It went everywhere and yeah, it was so it was so such a great fight. Both fighters had their moments of threatening, of getting close to threatening to win. Yeah, like both times I remember watching and be like, Grasso's gonna knock out Shevchenko. Yes, and then yes. I'm like, Shevchenko's gonna fucking submit Grasso. Yeah, and it was just like, holy shit! Like it was so fucking close. It was just like, yeah, it, it just it just never materialized. But it was just like they were both like so more so much more evenly matched than even I anticipated. I had felt I. I was leaning towards Grasso to win the fight beforehand because um, uh, a lot of the, you know, Shevchenko's been a champion for a long time. When an old champion, older champion loses their title, the chances of them retaining that title again from the person that beat them has been really bad. Agreed. And so there was a lot of those things that I was thinking, okay, Grasso's going to fucking do this. And then you're watching it and you're just like, Jesus Christ, this is a close fight. Yeah. Um, and then we got into the, the judges' scorecards. Um, so... So here's the thing. Whenever there's a fight that's that close, when you're watching it and you're judging it at home, I know that you had judged it three rounds to two for Shevchenko. I had it three rounds to two for Grasso. Realistically, either way it went, it wasn't a robbery. It was so close that either way it went. That I mean, that's one of those problems with the 10-point must system like we talked about before. But right. It was so close that, it, that technically it made sense for it to be a draw. However... Right. So, and this is what's interesting about it. Me and you, having watched this sport for so many years, yeah. it's so funny how we we get to the end of it, and before the scorecards come out, we know it's going to be a split decision. Yeah. Because we know this is how it goes. Because yeah. we know it's so close, and so many things are so subjective. Yeah. That just I'll be like, okay, you had it scored, I had it scored. Well, how much you want to bet? <laughs> <laughs> These judges did the same thing. One of them saw three rounds for Grasso. One of them saw three rounds for Subchenko. What we didn't expect Fuck. was for fucking Mike Bell to decide that the fifth round of this fight was a 10-8 for Grasso. How the fuck did he see that? <laughs> no, I thought, I mean, my when I was judging at home, which I'm not a judge, it doesn't matter, but I had it Grasso 2, 4, and 5, and Shevchenko 1 and 3, right? That's how I had it scored. But when they read the judges' decisions and you realized that fucking Mike Bell had given round five, 10-8 to Grasso, and that's what made it a draw, it was like, it, 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 it fucked me. It made me. no sense. It made no sense and it fucked me up because I'm like, yeah, a draw would make sense for this fight, but that makes no fucking sense of how he got to the 10-8 yeah, round. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it literally, I don't know. He just fucking was a big Grosso fan, I guess. I don't fucking know how he fucking did that. Nobody knows. And, and he was grilled. And even the athletic commission was like, we're going to sit down and figure this out. Which which means they're going to do whatever the fuck is going to happen. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Well, so they Who made him knows? go to a class where they w made him watch, sit down for hours and make him watch a bunch of fights and tell them which rounds should be scored 10-8 and which ones shouldn't be. But. I don't know. Yeah. But, but again, it's not like there's any 
accountability for no, that. It's not exactly. like it's not like they're saying, "Hey, if you don't do this, yeah. then you know, it's just one of those um it's just one of those lip service things where they can say, "Hey, we did it." It's like, you know, I'll, you know I'm not going to get into that. <clears throat> but <laughs> I'm just saying. No, yeah, no, but but no, but being honest with you, like there should be more accountability from it. Like if you're a judge and you make that kind of fucking mistake, you should have to you shouldn't be allowed to judge like fights that are that important exactly. to the sport and to fighters' careers exactly. and to the history of the fucking yes. promotion and the sport together, yes. you shouldn't be allowed to judge those at least for an extended period of time. There should be a period of time where you like, because everybody makes mistakes, right? And and there's been times where we watch fights and and we don't agree on the judges' decisions, the 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 the, the judging. We yeah. when we're judging at home, yeah. we don't agree on it. But the thing is, is like when you make that kind of mistake. You should not be able to judge those kind of important events for a long period of time. Have to reprove yourself that you can, mm-hmm. that you're not, that you're not somebody that's like gonna just like be emotional or whatever the fuck or throw out some weird shit. And then if it happens again, then you probably shouldn't be allowed to fucking judge those fights again. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But 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 they don't. But that's not what happens. The reason why this is so egregious <laughs> is because in the in the microcosm of this individual fight, we had like we said. So many of these wildly different rounds, right? Yep. So round one, really close, subjective as to which, you know, jab lands harder, a little bit better, which leg kick lands or which takedown attempts. Okay. Round two, Grasso drops Sevchenko. Yep. Massive, huge, and continues to lay it on her. So round two is a definitive round for Grasso. Everybody can. Now round three... Shevchenko turns the tide. She gets an early takedown. She was landing her jab before this, gets an early takedown, and comes super close to finishing multiple times with multiple submissions. Okay. But that's not a 10 8 round. Right. Right? Right. Okay. And Grasso dropping Shevchenko isn't a 10 8 round. Right. Which in boxing, it would automatically be a 10 8 round. Exactly. This is the scoring system that they took from boxing. So, right. but anyways. But round five was another one of these close rounds so where it close. was where Valentina early. Yep. Again, leaning back in on that jab, yep. landing a good jab. Yep. And then Grasso landing damaging punches, getting her on her back, landing ground and pound, then the round ends. So, n- no, under no logical, <laughs> rational thought. Is this the round that becomes the, the 10-8? 10-8 exactly. You know? I know. Which even adds more like highlight to this fucking judge to be like, yes. what the fuck yes. are you watching? You yes. had other rounds that that could have worked out. You had right. another round that could have, that yeah. would have made sense. Yes. It would have been like, okay, maybe that was a little crazy. Because even in that round where Shevchenko got dropped, at the end of the round, she was kind of turning it back towards Agreed. her. She Agreed. was getting some more of the stand-up and she was kind of turning it back. So you could argue a 10-9, but when somebody gets dropped, at least from watching boxing and the rest of that, and in my own head, it's because really hard in these close fights that you need something that breaks it apart like that to be like okay there's the measuring stick so now yes. the other fighter has to either yes. adhere to that or that's going to stay there right right because that that helps to then judge it on a on a um like like on a clear a clear field or whatever mm-hmm. clear standing but no but for round five to be that way and then it's just dude it's just I mean, it's so crazy. Like the judging is fucking is out of hand, and even and even past that, you know, there's been times the fucking you know we've talked about it before with the Pimlet fucking decision. There's been other <laughs> there's been other decisions that have happened when you're watching it and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like obviously there's some like, you know, there's something going on here. We don't know how deep it runs. If the UFC's involved, if they're not, obviously they're gonna benefit off of stuff like that. But there's there's been more of this type of stuff that's been happening more recently Agreed. that really makes it hard to like as a fan to even feel like 
um, that this isn't like some WWE shit. I know that the UFC and the WWE have have right. like joint partners. They're uh, you know now they're uh, now there's a uh, uh, shadow company TKO that oversees both of them, yeah. but it's still underneath um, uh, IME or whatever the fuck. Or, right. Or, yeah. So, but but why is it now? I mean, is Vince McMahon helping to write the fucking storylines for some of this shit? What's going on? Are I, these are these judges going to stand up from their seats and throw the fucking here's the, the, the chair under the ring and no, they're going to fucking what the fuck is going you, on here? I know, and it sounds outrageous, but I'm I'm telling you things that have sounded outrageous at one point in time have become commonplace yeah. not that much that's long a- after that. So I'm not going to totally say this is not something that's going to happen. What kills me about this whole thing is like when when the UFC has a favorite mm-hmm. or a champ and they're and they're banking on him and that's their golden boy or whatever. Do you have any idea how many battles you have to win as a challenger in order to take that from them? Not only do you have this judging or whatever home cooking there might be, <clears throat> but there's also the immediate rematch, which all of a sudden always seems to happen. So you can't just have a good night nope. and then become champ. Like, nope. Because it's like, okay, well, you got to do it again. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Right now. And, and, right, and especially with the whole Sean Strickland thing, it wasn't like Izzy had a moment. Fuck no. Like, he got fucking worked, dude. For five like, you're rounds. Gonna, you're going to do that to Sean? You're going to yeah. be like, okay, do it again. I felt the same way when Holloway beat Aldo. Yes. Because, you know, and Holloway's been one of my favorites. Throughout the entire 20-some-odd year history of watching fights, there aren't many fighters I've ever put where I put Holloway. Mm-hmm. Such an amazing, excellent fighter. Such an entertaining fucking fighter. Yep. And uh, and Aldo was the shit. Oh, 100%. Like, there was no guarantee for, over for a me. Decade, yeah, there was dude... no guarantee for me that Holloway yeah. was going to win that. Yeah. So when he did... And they were like, oh, meet me. I was like, God damn it. Fucking not only it. that, but Holloway had to win 11 fights in a row just to get the title shot. I know. I'm like, do you, do you have any idea what that puts a fighter through? It's, I, mean, I don't to, know, but it's such a gauntlet. It's such yeah, a fucking gauntlet. To have to go through all that. And if it had been any kind of decision, maybe Matt Holloway wouldn't have gotten the nod, but he got the finish. And then he gets the finish. And then he's got to go out and do it again. And like, thank goodness he could. But, like, it shouldn't have to be that way. No. Like, like and, and, and I... I feel like for profit reasons, for money means, which is the reason like any of these large corporations yeah. would do anything, yeah. right? Yeah. But they don't seem to realize that in a long enough timeline, it's going to be better for your business if you let the, if you let the chips land where yes. they may. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? No, 100%. 100%. So you have UFC, who's been the like number one promotion here for since Pride went under, right? Pride was before that, and then the UFC's been the number one for combat sports, MMA predominantly, including combat sports, for a, for a long time. Yeah. Okay? Um, and now we're getting to the point where you're seeing a lot of like fucking malfeasance a lot of like fucking politicking a lot of like bullshit like even when we talk about later on and we talk about the fights that are coming up there's certain fights that you're like look if this fighter doesn't fucking literally decapitate the (laughs) other guy he's gonna fight they're gonna give it to this other dude because of the fucking promotional bullshit that's associated with it but that's what i'm saying is like while that's happening over here at the ufc and the ufc is like diluting their own product and diluting, you know, their own promotion and the history of their promotion. You have these other promotions that are fucking rising up and that are fucking, you know, it's just like, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, it's becoming more apparent to me that like UFC's not going to be the number one for forever. Not to say that they can't, maybe they'll stay the number one in MMA, but I mean, I'm just saying like, you can't, you know what I'm saying? You can't 
have it like that where you're trying to control too much of something that's supposed to be left up to who's the best in the world yeah. fighting in there at yeah. the time. And if you get too much, too many hands involved and too much fucking moving it around, what makes it different than professional wrestling? What makes yeah. it different between scripted outcomes? Yeah. I mean, not much, not I, yeah, much at no, all. I know. And, and reality is always more entertaining. This is why we have reality TV shows, yeah. guys. Like, cause it's always more entertaining than scripted shit. Yeah. Like you get a lot of wonderful pros when you script stuff, but, but that, Truth is stranger than fiction. Like, you would get so many bankable storylines. You would get so many crazy outcomes that you could, in turn, you know, use to your advantage however you wanted to make to make your money and set up great fights in the future without having to do what you've been doing. I mean, you, yeah, I, I agree, and I would think so. Um, and so, really, who knows what's going on with that? But that is something within this last break that we've really that's really like filtered out or, or rose into the surface is yeah. like from the refing to the judging to all, all that stuff. It, I mean, how you know how many times can you see stuff like that without being like, okay, well, it's it's kind of official. Like, yeah, yeah. Even the fact now that they're see, and that's what makes it a that's what makes it a problem is because there's been some fight cards recently where we've seen shit that's happened. There was a fight. I forget. I forget who it was. There was a fight that happened where. A guy, I was in the UFC, a guy yep. tapped. Yep, and, I was going to talk about that. Yeah, yep. a guy tapped, and um, then and the ref didn't see it, and they let him fight on for another minute, minute and a half, whatever it was. It went to decision, and then they walked back the decision and said that the ref stopped it by submission. They literally with, called it, yeah, referee with, stoppage. Yeah, at whatever time yeah. the submission was, yeah. which wasn't what happened. They let those fighters yeah. continue fighting. Exactly. For, for, uh, and that's... And see, and it drives it drives somebody like me completely in, insane because, on the surface, it makes sense. If you were just watching it, you'd be like, "Oh, the ref made a bad decision. That's what happened. They're gonna try to fix this." The problem is they let the fighters continue to fight. The problem is it went to decision. There, what all that time that says that wasn't allotted was. Yeah. It's changing the history of what happened, what you just saw. It's changing it and saying that something else happened. And and we've and you've I've grown up watching the UFC in particularly yeah. when you've seen this kind of stuff happen over and over again and just because the ref didn't see it guess what too bad it never happened and that's because it didn't and because they let it continue to happen yeah. so then that's what it was yeah and it has to stay on the record and it's a it's a stain on the record and then when you bring it up to other people and they're like oh so and so won and you're like yeah but did you see that fucking thing that happened exactly that's been the sport since fucking day one and trying to even trying to get the commissions to then reverse those decisions is like impossible right. but now all of a sudden they're just like oh let's watch the replay okay that's what happened it's right. like what the, why the fuck we even have a fucking ref in there if if they're just going to do that, why exactly. don't we just stop and watch the replay and then exactly. be like, that's what the replay shows. Exactly. Like, what are we doing here? No other major sport does this. <clears throat> and refs are human, okay? Yeah. Yeah. But it, but you're going to, on Sunday, you'll watch a football game. You'll see a holding call that none of the refs get. They don't stop, go back and watch, and then call something they've already missed. True. That's in any, I've, I have done competitions in wrestling. I've done competition in Taekwondo. If shit happens, you get fouled and the ref doesn't see it. It never that happened. That shit never fucking happened. A hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. In all sorts of sports, in wrestling, yes. I agree to that too. I mean, yeah. So 
that and that's how it is at every level. At yes. every level, that's the the yes. whole saying. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. If you if they don't catch it, it'd be the same as if you watch the Super Bowl and there was a holding call on it. The you know that stopped it that would have stopped a touchdown that would reverse the decision. But they're just like, well, it didn't it didn't get cold at that <laughs> play, so it didn't fucking happen. But yeah. now they're stopping and they're saying that they're so. I get that they're trying to like. So this is like waiting to the end of the Super Bowl where it's a 24-20 score and then going back and making all the right calls and changing the score and changing the outcome of the winner. It's like, like dude, that, what you are you doing? You don't fucking do that. What are you doing? What are you doing? Exactly, exactly. If the ref can't see it and you're not in a spot where you're stopping it when it happens to be like, hold on, there was a, you know, like you're watching it. Everybody's watching it. The judges are watching it. We all see that the guy <laughs> taps. Know, Why don't we just be like, hey, there was a tap there and they could be like, okay, hold on and they can fucking look at the review. Yeah, there was a tap. Okay, that's it. Right. But if you let it continue on and it exactly. goes to the fucking decision, it's a fucking decision. Exactly. And so it, then if the judges looked at it and they were like, oh, that guy tapped and they want to give the, the guy that fucking, you know, got the submission the fight, I don't have a problem yeah. with that because yeah. that would be going to the decision, even yeah. if it was some sort of Mike Bell, if you want to give him a 10 8 round, yeah. <laughs> get him <laughs> fine, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, but then to say that the ref stopped it and there with and that he stopped it at a certain time and that there wasn't time that was and there was time that was right. left on there, yeah, when there wasn't, when they continued to fight on, it's like, dude, no, because you're gonna doing? go because you go because you're gonna go on Wikipedia someday or some fighters and you're gonna look at the outcome of that fight and it's gonna show submission four minutes of something in round three and that is not how that fight went down no that fight went the full the full three five minute rounds and it went to a decision yeah. that's how that fight went 100 percent. on that strickland card there was another fight where the guy there were these two guys fighting one guy got the guy um in a front uh front choke a front headlock choke and was able to put the choke on him the ref went in and tried to f and tried to check to see he was grabbing the guy's arm that was in the choke to see are you still conscious are you still conscious after the third time the guy put his arm limp the ref called it off then the guy was like oh I'm fine the yeah. guy knew what he was doing he knew he couldn't get out of the submission he knew if he pretended like he wasn't yes. and then he jumped out that it would yes. look you know it would add to like oh you really weren't tapped but then what they did what did they do they called it a no a contest, no contest. And that's they get not to what do the that. fuck happened I know I know it's just like dude it's I mean that's what I'm saying it, that kind of level of shit with the judges making these kind of bullshit calls with the rest of it being involved like we talked about before the fucking home cooking on those kind of you know crazy levels it gets to a point where you're like what are we actually watching here like what yeah. exactly is this yes this isn't where the best fight each other to prove it anymore this is some other shit it is you know um so let's move on. <laughs> Speaking of circuses, we will we will finish with um, <clears throat> obviously you know something that the the younger generation of combat sports fans probably care about the most, which is this uh, whole Paul for all of you yeah for all of you millennials out there we're gonna talk about your hero your YouTube hero I, I would say Gen Z all right because I'm a millennial I don't give a fuck about it all right that, okay yeah all right so, okay. I guess I don't know. Yeah. I guess I guess I really don't know the <laughs> the difference between a Gen Z and a millennial. I'm going to be totally honest. I thought they were the same thing. Oh, if they're not, okay. My guy. I, I get it. My okay. Guy. I'm woefully ignorant on this situation. <laughs> okay. Having said that, um, <clears throat> Logan Paul has... Um, a boxing <laughs> match, if you want to call it that. So, against... 
He wants to fight Dylan Dennis. Yes. And I get why. Yeah. Dylan Dennis is, is not a threat. Is well, he's a tool, first yeah, of all. Exactly. So who wouldn't want to beat this dude's ass? I, I mean, I mean, he's a jujitsu dude that got submitted by a fucking yeah, a guy at a, a bartender, a fu- or a fucking yeah. uh, 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 doorman at a bar. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So like, and not that, not not that he wasn't, not that he didn't have like great submissions before him. But I'm just saying that's who you're dealing with here. Yeah. Okay. And you're gonna box this dude. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like I get that he's in professional wrestling and shit, but like, what the fuck are you doing? And so they are gonna do this Paul versus Dennis boxing in <laughs> yeah. quotations match um please don't pay for that yes because exactly. it's not going to be entertaining no exactly i know you like logan but some of his fights have been fairly entertaining this is not going to be one of them okay yeah and and so it's him versus dennis but because dylan dennis like you said is such a tool he's already fucking pulled out of the ksi fight which was which is also yeah. on this card yeah he was that was supposed to be the original main event of yeah. this card I can't believe that I even know about this, but the the fact that KSI was gonna fight, uh, fight was gonna box, um, have an exhibition match with Dylan Dennis, Dylan didn't fucking show up to press, fucking whatever, just kind of blew it off. Now he's going through some court litigation for it. He's gonna be facing um, Logan Paul, yeah. But because they can't trust of whether or not he's even gonna fucking show up to exactly. get his payday, they've um, recruited. Our fucking boy from BKFC, Mike Perry, to be Mike the stand-in. Platinum motherfucker. And Perry. how fucking dude, how beautiful would it be <laughs> if they brought in Mike Perry and then somehow they were like, look, let's get rid of these fucking gloves. All oh right? yeah. Let's oh, let's yeah. let's get down to some bare knuckle. Yeah. You want your fans to see some shit? Yeah. Let's get into a bare knuckle fight yeah. between Logan Paul and Mike Perry. I guarantee you, if they did that, that would be Logan Paul's last fucking endeavor into combat sports. Yeah. Boxing, whatever the fuck. That'd be the last time he does that. That would be his last endeavor on any visual media without reconstructive surgery. <laughs> <laughs> because you're probably right. Mike Perry hits like a ton of fucking bricks, and yeah. he doesn't mind getting messed up, dude. No, no. Like he will get in there and get his nose busted to fuck you up dude. yes yes like straight up and 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 if we've learned anything from his stint in bkfc i mean we, we knew he could fight because you generally you generally speaking aren't in the ufc fighting the people that he's fighting without some ability to fight <clears throat> but in the people he was fighting in mma there were so many facets of his game that weren't evolved to the point where he didn't always look good that's true but this is not the case in bare knuckle no. in bare knuckle boxing nope. he has everything he needs power to be really killer good. instinct and being able to be durable as exactly. fuck exactly you put those three yes. together and that is bkfc at its finest and that is mike perry at his finest yes. he's yeah so <clears throat> I'd, I'd love to see that so yeah hoping um dylan dennis doesn't make the walk and we get to see mike perry versus logan paul would be cool because it would be um and the only other way that it would be cool anything the only other outcome that i think would be cool in this fight is if fucking dennis somehow it was able to knock out logan paul like (laughs) do you know what i'm saying (laughs) like like just because it would be really fucking crazy Uh and then this dude that like is a loose cannon and says like the fuck you think the shit sean strickland says is bad at least the shit sean strickland says has like some sort of like meaning in reality. Like, yeah. like, you know where he's trying to go with it. Yeah. Dylan Dennis will say shit and you're like, 
dude, are you fucking brain dead? Yeah. Like, do you even know what the fuck you're talking about? No. So for him to knock out Logan Paul and then for them to have to put that dude up there, <laughs> that's just waiting for somebody to come and fucking knock it down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, and, and that's not going to be as reserved and not going to be as looked after as somebody like Logan Paul. Yeah. You know, with all the fucking, uh, you know, stipulations and the fight and blah, blah, blah and all that mm-hmm. horse shit. Um, so yeah. So if Dennis, so if Perry and Paul don't get in a bare knuckle fight, and Perry doesn't fucking box Paul. If Dennis can knock out Paul, that would be great. Am I going to watch this? Probably not, because it's going to be on a Friday or Saturday night. Yeah. The chances of something else, anything else, being, <laughs> anything on, else being on is going to is going to be highly there's, likely. There's going to so. be a Bellator. There's going to be a PFL. There's going to be one. You know, yeah. There's going to be other things to watch. So, well, that's <clears throat> the first round. All right, end of round one. Whew. All right, all right. Let me get my. Get my ice, get my water, <laughs> get my end swell on here. Come on, Mick. Tell me what I need. <laughs> cut me, Mick. Cut me. <clears throat> All right. Um, so I got I got the chance to go through some of our, you know, viewers. We had a lot of time off, so there was a lot of questions that came in. Yes. And so I had to go through and, and pick one of the ones I wanted to <clears throat> talk about the most and one of the ones I wanted to pose to you. So <clears throat> Do you think UFC pay is stopping top athletes from becoming MMA fighters? I think, I think it is stopping that top talent that that w- would go and does go to professional sports from coming into the UFC. I think that there are guys, monsters, and killers in these other sports divisions, probably in professional football, a lot of them, um, maybe even in professional basketball and some other of these sports that would try their hand out in fighting. Would they become UFC fighters? Right. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I, I do. I, I do. Because I, I think this is a multi-layered question, yes. right? Because right now, the way these different sports are, are set up is very differently. Yeah. You have, <laughs> I mean, and, and just like, so how do you get to the NFL? How do you get to the NBA? How do you get to Major League Baseball? It's not just being a good athlete. Being a good athlete is a huge part of it for sure. Yeah. But you have to be a, an, an, a, an A-level athlete in high school. And then you have to be scouted and become an A-level athlete in college. Predominantly. Predominantly. 99% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then you have to get drafted to go to the majors. Yep. So it's literally I'm I mean I'm honest I'm honest. The statistics are probably less than one percent of the people that oh, are yeah. playing this sport oh, yeah. end up in the majors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right? So that's not how the feeding ground works for MMA and UFC in particular. Yes. Right? Yes. Um Let's say I, the only the only way I can see this working is you wrestled in high school and did well, and then you wrestled in college, maybe even went to the Olympics. So then you're one of these you know top tier A level athletes, and then once you've gone through you know the Olympics in in college, do you go pro wrestling? Where do you want to make your money? Do you go WWE style? Do you go UFC? Or do you pick one of the other organizations? So does the so the way I see this question being posed is, do you see the low amount that the UFC pays their fighters 
as a hindrance for some of these people making their way to the UFC. Definitely. It's definitely a deterrent. Um, there are a lot of professional athletes that love the UFC. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of professional athletes that believe that if they paid more, they would throw yeah. their hat, their hand in, um, or their hat in, or however you want to say yeah. that, into that kind of thing. One person that um, I think about is Shaq. Shaq right, loves right. combat sports and fighting. Has talked yeah. about it at a you know a great deal. Having somebody, I mean, I don't know, could he make two sixty five? Probably, right? Maybe I don't know. Um, Shit, when he just came out of college, he might have been able to make two sixty five. So, but there's no fucking way he could make it now. So yeah, so <laughs> but that's the thing. If the UFC paid better and it incentivized <clears throat> these guys to come in, right. we could have a super heavyweight division. We right. could take the heavyweight division, turn it cruiserweight, have a, another heavyweight division. All of that's possible. All that could be reworked. Um, yes, I definitely believe that it, it is a deterrent. I believe that if and when an, another promotion rises and becomes the number one, and if they pay better, I think it will yeah. open that door for yeah. more talent to then cross Absolutely. into there. Absolutely. The problem with it that we've seen, even from professional athletes that do join it and that are the type of aggressive and fighters in their sports, I'm thinking about Bossman and hockey. Remember that yeah. guy when he came yeah. through and he had fought in a bunch of hockey and knocked out some dudes in hockey, and so he came in. And, and he did good. I mean, he had yeah. like some knockouts, but there's a point where you can only go so far. Right. And you have to have... That dog, you have to have the killer instinct. You have to be ready to die in there. It's it's a whole nother mental level. It's not only being able to be the peak physical condition. It's about that mental game. That's really where it comes down to. And that's really what weeds out people that have a great physique, people that are great athletes, people that look like they should be, you know, the guy that mops the floor with the other dude and the guy that wins. Exactly. So, yeah. So, so. I agree that, yes, it is a deterrent and that if the UFC paid better, being the number one fight promotion, especially with all these professional athletes going to the events, loving the events, taking part in it however they feel that they can, I think that they would cross over into that door. Would the UFC make, um, you know, would the UFC, like, pay them better than they pay their other fighters to come in? They've done it before. They've paid right. certain people, right. you know, better to come in. Right. Um, and so not to say it couldn't happen. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, yes, I, I do believe that the pay is a deterrent. Um, but that, but the pay itself isn't enough from keeping the guys that are at the highest level of these other professional sports being at the highest level of combat sports. Yeah. So, and one of the other layers that I was thinking of when I was thinking about this question before we got on the show was think about think about the wage gap from all the other major sports organizations. Oh my god! To the Especially UFC. like base pay. Like okay, That's this is I'm your saying. first fight in. You went from making fucking twenty million last year. You're gonna have to make twenty and twenty. Oh, twenty million and twenty. No, no, twenty thousand. Twenty thousand to like, show. Get the and fuck then another twenty thousand if you win. I know. They're like, yeah, I wouldn't piss on that. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So the gap is so huge that it's an obvious deterrent. Why? Why would you put your career towards MMA if you even had the chance of being the third string bench guy on one of these teams and could make all that and could make all that money? And see, and see, and, and Dana White gets grilled about this kind of question a lot by reporters, and he should, and he should continue to, and the rest of the UFC should be fucking held accountable for this. Because here's what I'm telling you: we go see BKFC, right? Mm-hmm. 
we had fucking tickets right fucking we were like fucking first row of tick of our tickets right behind press line right fucking there our tickets cost 75 dollars a piece per seat yeah okay if you're going to a ufc event and you're sitting there we're talking like 10 10,000 thousand you know what i'm saying twenty thousand dollars but depending on the event depending on how big the event is i mean some of those fucking they're talking about for 295 the jones versus miocic fight they're talking about some of those are like fucking half a million dollar fucking take you're talking about that much money coming in on one fight card and still the guys that are fighting in bkfc at least that did fight in the ufc and the rest of that make better money in bkfc like how much money is left on the table? We know. We talk about it. Yeah. There's other. Fu- there's a journalist that go through a great deal uh, of of doing that. That do a lot of the the brass tacks and the hard work in order to get some of those numbers, or at least a better generalization of what those numbers could be. But no, the UFC is fucking hand over fist, fucking their fighters over. Absolutely, it doesn't matter what they're paying their fucking top talent because they're fucking everybody else over. And yeah, that's a deterrent for other talent to come in, and it's a hindrance to the sport. And, and hopefully it's something that ends up changing. Um, so, so yeah, um, that's the kind of shit that sits with me, especially after going and seeing this shit live, being part of it, having that much more um, into the processes that are involved where you're like, dude, it's, that's, it's fucking robbery. That's fucking I robbery. I know. So I know. Every time you see disclosed purses for the prelim under, it's like 8K to, 8K to fight, 8K to win. And you're just like, damn, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, it took this dude, you know, three month training camp. He probably won't be able to fight or train for maybe a month after that. So almost half of your year for 16K. I mean, I guess that's minimum wage. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's minimum wage. But then you got to pay a big chunk of that to your team. Yeah, You got to pay a big chunk of that to your manager. You got to, you know what I'm saying? And when you don't have any money, somehow you have to get the money you know, lent to you so that you can live and train and the rest of yeah. it and pay your bills until you get that money. So then do you pay that money back? Is that loan to you at interest? Yeah. How much of it are you really keeping at the end of the day out of that? Exactly. I mean, that's the whole rest of it. And even further than that, it's so funny to me. Cause like I'm watching fucking, you know, um, uh, the UFC, I'm watching one of their fights or the contender series. I was watching the, the contender series last night and they're talking, the commentators are talking about it. Oh, a third of the roster or over a third of the roster has come from the contender series. That shows you the level that the contender series is being able to offer the UFC. Is it? Is it? No, you've no, got that you know backwards. what it is? No, you know what it is? <laughs> the people that come in a contender series have to fucking sign for those contracts at the contender series level yeah. of 8,000 and 8,000 or 12,000 and 12,000. Yes. They come in, they start from the contender series, they start making a name automatically. And they come in and they win two or three more fights. We know who the fuck they are. Yeah. We're watching for them on the card. Other people knew who the fuck they are. They get some finishes, the rest of it. Yep. Their fucking, their stock should rise accordingly. Guess what? 12 fucking thousand yep. for fucking four or five fucking fights. Yep. And then after that, then they're like, mm, maybe you're worth 20 now. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, uh, yes. that's not, that's not the, the reason why the contender series fighters are taking over as being a big major or a, a big chunk of the overall roster doesn't have to do with their overall performances. Yes, they have great overall performances. It has to do with the amount of money that they're signing on those contracts for how long those contracts are with all the rest of the predatory bullshit that's yes. involved with it. I mean, yes. that's the truth. So it's so funny to me when I'm watching it and they, and they say that kind of shit and I'm just like, ha! Like, I literally, <laughs> I know, like, I horse laugh and then I, I fucking shout at my TV. Yeah. That's not fucking why! Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, no. dude... No, fucking. That's, that's fucking crooked as shit. Yeah. yeah. No, they're getting they're getting bent over the fucking barrel, man. Yeah, exactly. So 
All okay. right. All I right. guess we'll go to round yeah. two. Hopefully that answered your question. Um, so let's move on to round two. Uh, this is going to be a little bit different than the last round, right? Yep. So uh, why don't you uh, Sweet. elaborate let's, on this? <clears throat> yeah. So let's start with, I mean, you can call this whatever you want. You can call it a roster rewind. You can call it a throwback fighter. Basically what I want to do is highlight some of these fighters that you should know you probably don't know that time has forgotten time has forgotten but really means something to the sport yes. overall yes um, that's what i'm saying yeah yes. so and 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 i've got and i've got lots and the, honestly the most difficult part of this was where to start um <clears throat> so i'm starting with jamie varner Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> so, okay. I never would have thought. That. Okay, let's right? do it. Let's okay. do it. Yeah. <clears throat> so and, and and I like that I get to spring this on you because you can like just tell me your first thoughts when I say the name Jamie Varner. Um, uh, my first thoughts. Okay. Um, made his career uh his name in WEC. Yes. Became the WEC champ. Um, had a great rivalry with Cowboy Cerrone before yes. Cowboy Cerrone was ever there. Yes. Um, that was I got to go see that fight, at, that WEC fight where Aldo fought Gambarian. That was the second fight of between those two, mm-hmm. Varner versus Cowboy. Barn burners. Uh, when dude. you say when you say Jeremy Varner, because you know you know being able to be at live events and how much that like your memory holds on to those events. When you talk about Jamie Varner, because he had a great career after that, but at that point in his career, he was looked at as this fucking, he would whine to the judges, he would try to fucking get the, the fighter to get fucking, you know, try to get the ju- the ref to get involved, to be like, look, this guy's doing this. He was, he was, he was such a fucking, um, like, like a heel persona, even before there really yeah. was that yep. at that time. And he had fought Cowboy before and beat him. And they were fighting again. This was in Denver. Um, their second fight, Jeremy Varner comes out. Everybody's booing him, calling him a bitch, all the rest of that shit. Because mm-hmm. we had all seen the shit. Cowboy comes out. He's our great fucking hero. <laughs> yep. Everybody, yep. you know, from Colorado, yep. everybody's <clears throat> going crazy. They had a fight. It wasn't the greatest fight, but Cowboy ended up getting the win. It was that fucking feeling that like, ah, oh, everything's right with the world. That's what I remember, but even more so, I remember that. And then I think about his his career in the UFC after that because it was totally different. By the time he gets to the UFC, he's totally made it full circle. He has some of the most craziest fights in the UFC. One I can think about, he was in a fight with somebody, I forget who it was. He fucked his leg up. His leg was completely fucked up, and he was able to fight through that the whole rest of the fight and win the fight. Maybe he got a stoppage. I don't remember, but I remember it showed a level of, of strength uh, and being able to fight through stuff that I hadn't seen before. I mean, literally going completely 180 from who he was in the WEC by the time he had his uh, UFC career, and I was a big fan <clears throat> of Jamie Varner. So that's that's what I think about Jamie Varner. Awesome. I, I, I love that, and I knew, I knew you were going to jump on this. That was That was great. <clears throat> so yes, you're absolutely right. Jamie Vonner, lighter weight fighter. Yes. So back in the day, you could only fight in the WEC when you were that weight. Correct. Right. Correct. So this was the only place for him to fight. And <clears throat> so you're fighting. I mean, some of the names where I wanted to start was his fight with Razor Rob McCullough. Oh yeah, dude, An Razor Rob, Holy An excellent shit. fight. And Razor Rob was the shit back in the day. Dude, the reason I'm they fucked. called him Razor Rob McCullough, dude. Okay, <laughs> and so you know, <clears throat> so, so you've got this new guy on on the scene, and Jamie Varner goes in there and TKOs 
I mean, and this, this was a full-on fight. It was like a minute left in the third round when he finally got the TKO over Razor Rob McCollum. Great fight. Yep. You want to go back and watch some throwback fights? That's the first Jamie Varner highlight fight you got to watch. Razor Rob McCollum and Jamie Varner. Okay, <clears throat> so that's WEC um, back in its heyday. And then, like you said, yes, he racks up a couple more wins and has to go in with Donald Cerrone, and um, and he gets the technical split decision. It's a technical split decision. Okay. Some people thought Donald Cerrone won that yep. fight. A good yep. argument could be made for that. Yep. Um, but at this point, Jamie Vonner is the WEC lightweight champion. Yes. <clears throat> okay. And he defends it against Donald Cerrone. Then he has um, some fights against huge names. He gets to fight Kamal Shalaris, gets to fight Benson Henderson, the second Donald Cerrone fight, like yep. you said, in the WEC, <clears throat> and and things don't work out great for him. So, so, so you're right. So when he makes his return to the UFC, Henderson beat him for the title. Was that right? Henderson beat him for the title. Okay. That's I was just <clears throat> making sure because when you said that at first, I thought you were saying that <clears throat> that Cowboy <clears throat> lost the fucking fight, and I was like, maybe I got it wrong. And then I'm like, maybe it was a Mandela effect. You know what I'm saying? And so, but you're right. But okay, I got you. Yeah. I got you. So then, <clears throat> then he makes his way because the UFC opens up their lightweight division and lighter weights, and then he, he comes back in, <clears throat> and he's fight and he fights. Um, his fight before his reintroduction to the UFC was Drew Fickett, who was, you know, he was a he was Drew a, Fickett. Yeah, he was another one. He was an all around fighter. He was, you know, he had some ups and downs. He was a, he was an entertaining fight to watch. You always wanted to see a Drew yeah. Fickett fight because yeah. shit was going to go down. Yeah. So <clears throat> he gets uh, he submits Drew Fick with punches in in XFC Extreme Fighting Championships was I think that was called. Okay. And <clears throat> so then with little fanfare, I mean I had heard of him and I had seen those fights and they were great fights. So with little fanfare, he comes back into the UFC and gets matched up against. He was literally being fed. Oh, to yes. Edson Barboza. Oh yes, yes. Edson I, motherfucking yeah. Barboza yep. comes in, and I, I and I'll never forget this because. I, I nobody <laughs> nobody knew Edson Barboza at this point, okay? <clears throat> I mean, not really, but he was this phenom. He was the next big thing. All the commentators are like, "This guy's unreal." Feel bad for Jamie Varner. It's gonna be you know really rough. It's gonna be bad. Was that before the Edom fight? Before the Terry Edom fight, it was for Barboza. Yeah. <clears throat> no, it was after. It was after that. So he already had that fucking high level fucking knockout before that. So yes. He was coming off that spinning back kick knockout of Jesus Terry Edema, okay? Christ. So he has all the steam, all the <laughs> momentum, all the hype. They're literally pulling Jamie Varner in <laughs> to be the sacrificial lamb. And just like you said, he comes in there, and Jamie Varner puts on the dirtiest clinic <sighs> I've ever seen. Like, he put, like, this young kid, Edson Barboza, who's an amazing fighter, by amazing. the way. He's, and he's yeah. still fighting. And yeah. we all know what Edson Barboza's done at this point. Yeah, he's fighting, like, next weekend. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> But Jamie Farner was that first dude to come in and put it in Edson Barbosa's face and be like, I am not fucking going quietly into that good night. And you're absolutely right. His leg was so fucking toast. And he still managed to clinch Barbosa, take him down, made it so fucking dirty, just beating the shit out of him on the ground that finally, finally, Barbosa didn't know what to do. He had no fight left. He was just like, I've never been here before. I don't like this anymore. And and Jamie Varner ended up getting the TKO, oh, <clears throat> and that and that was that was so huge. Oh. I was super stoked for Jamie Varner. Me too. And and that and, fight single handedly totally changed the way that I looked at that. Dude. Exactly. From Me that too. point on. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Exactly because it, because of all everything he went through. I mean, that, 
four minutes into the first round, he beats Edson Barboza. But that was, like like you said, <clears throat> I can't remember if it was his knee, ankle, leg, but it something gets mangled. severely compromised. Mm-hmm. Yep. But he still managed to literally put everything he had inside of him onto Edson Barboza and melted him, dude. Just totally fucking melted him. Yeah. And <clears throat> he... I wanted it to be the comeback for Jamie Bonner. I wanted it to be sweet. He's back. He's going to make a splash. And he he ended up not. Yes. Yes. He ended up not. He ended up on a four-fight losing streak. Hasn't fought, in fact, since December of 2014. So, But didn't he start doing some coaching after that? Nine years. But he does do coaching. Yeah. He does pass it along. But from what he did in the WEC, his amazing... His amazing fights with Razor Rob McCollum and Donald Cerrone and his ability to take out the surging, super young Edson Barboza is <clears throat> why I'm putting Jamie Varner on my fighters you need to go back and know. If, like, if you don't know, now you know. You need to go back yes. and watch some of this shit. If you don't know, now you know, for that, sure. You will, you will be entertained. Man, yeah, that is awesome. I mean, just, yeah, being able to go back and think about all that and then put it into that you know, historical context like that. I mean, it's, yeah, it's literally reliving it all. And, and and I get it. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, especially with like the crazy time right now of the ups and the downs and the, not just the UFC, but in the fight promotion and the world and the rest of that. I mean, you could have done it. You could have started at like, you know, Hoist Gracie or something. You know what I'm saying? Like you could have done something that was like fucking standard fucking level one and we go to level two and the rest of it. But you didn't. You went, you fucking pulled it out, Jamie Varner and fucking, and yeah. And, 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 and it's so, it's so important to, for someone like that to show it because you can, that dude had a whole career before that in WC where he was the champ and the rest of it. And, and nobody liked him. He was fucking, you know, like he, he was, he was the guy that you rooted against the guy you rooted, to, you know, lose. And, mm-hmm. and the guy that was always trying to cheat and find a way to kind of get extra help from, you know, outside of just being able to have the skills to then fighting Edson Barbosa, especially that when Barbosa had just fucking taken out Terry Edom oh, yeah. with that spinning wheel head kick that the UFC used for promotion and still probably does still to this day. Still does to I this mean, fucking day. I mean, and that's fucking all that time back there. I mean, and then you have this, so you have this guy that fucking got through his whole career with fucking, you know, bending on the on the ref on the help of the ref and whatever mm. else to fighting this dude and fucking outwilled him out fucking Straight strength up. him yep. I was able to go in there and show him like look like you can be a fucking phenomenal kickboxer but there is a whole there's way other levels to this uh, to MMA and was able to show that even on one leg and yep. was able to I mean that's why that's why I, I, I couldn't. I didn't remember it was Edson Barbosa, but I remember <laughs> Jamie Varner being Fuck able to yeah. put that performance on yep. and show that. And still to this day, like I have a lot of respect for Jamie Varner. After years, after years of wanting that dude to have nothing but bad and <laughs> ill will happen to him, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like seriously. Yes. Like and 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 it's it's so important, especially in the, today's world. Um, you know, and with the fighters that we have today and the rest of it. I mean, it's just like. Yeah, it's it is. It's super important. So that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have been doing my job if I'd have brought a Dan Severn or a Horace Gracie to the table. Like, if you're listening to our show, maybe you weren't watching for the past twenty or thirty years. 
But you've heard the stories of Hoist Gracie. Yeah. You know Hoist Gracie's yeah. name. Yeah. I guarantee you didn't know Jamie Varner's name. Nope. And nope. you need to. Yes, exactly. You need to. Yeah, you do. <clears throat> and the history behind it, because by going to look at Jamie Varner and being able to look up some of those fights, it does. Not only does it bring back the early years of the UFC and what that was like. And the it brings WEC. back the WEC. Why yes. the WEC was there. The fact yes. that the UFC didn't have any lightweight division. They, they had got rid of their lightweight yeah. division completely. Yep. Welterweight was the fucking cut off exactly. you were either welterweight exactly. or nothing yep and so the wec was there and that's where all these other fighters were able to grow their talent and the rest of them the aldos the pettises the cowboy yes. Cerrones, all those guys before they and there's so many more but that and then and then talking about jamie varner you have to go back and look at his old fights to find the razor rob mccullough yes to find a lot of those uh, you know the scott jorgensen's to find a lot of those guys that were from back in that day yep. that at one point were super uh, uh elemental and pivotal for the sport that you know time maybe doesn't show as great a light on but like yeah fucking hats off to you thanks man yep there'll be more every episode i'll do another one i'll bring a blast from the past and hopefully it's somebody you've never heard of and hopefully it's somebody you go back and check out and see some of that golden age of mma yeah exactly amazing amazing all right so for the second part of this round two uh when I have this one-on-one um, profile, something for the fans at home to watch. Not only Jamie Varner's fights, definitely to go back and look at some of those. Um, especially the fucking Edson Barbosa fight. If you don't know, if you haven't seen that fucking fight, you have to watch that fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it'll break your idea of what's even possible in the sport. Um, but... Um, I really want to highlight for this uh, for fans to go look at is one fight night 15. I really think that, um, you know, everybody should go watch it. If you haven't got, if you didn't get to watch um, one fight night 14, which we talked about earlier, you definitely should go watch. If you didn't watch one fight night 14, shame on you yes. because you missed witnessing history. Yes. First of all. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> but regardless of what you've got going on, whether it's um, you know a movie, another uh, another MMA promotion, bare knuckle, bare knuckle boxing, don't miss one fight night fifteen. If you yes. haven't seen it, give it a chance. You need to witness this. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So yeah. So um, one fight night uh, fifteen um, is coming up, um, and. It's a great card. Um, the main event is Lee versus Feymanov um, for the interim featherweight world championship. MMA. MMA. Yep. Interim featherweight MMA world championship. A um, lot of other fights on the card. I'm sure I know that the Sen- the Senchai fucking Nuat fight, there's a featherweight kickboxing fight. Mikey Musumeci is putting, uh, or is I guess he's not putting his title on the line. It's, it's, open an, it's an open weight submission fight. But he's going to be grappling who? Aoki. Another Motherfucking Aoki. Shinya this is the Aoki. dude that subbed everybody back in the day, I dude. Know. I know. And so when I think about, I don't know. If... This is the guy who invented the butt scoot. Okay? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because... yeah. Well, I mean, Imanari kind of did, but, no, I mean, you, but you know what I'm saying? Exactly. But no, but Shinya Aoki, when I think about Shinya Aoki, I think about two fights with Shinya Aoki, okay? The first one was when he fought uh, Hayata. Yeah, Hayata. Mock Sakurai. No, yep. no, 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 no. That was that's one of them. Yeah, okay. when when he fought Sakurai. But um, 
was a Hyota, Hyota. Um, the guy, he ended up coming into the UFC. He fought him at a, one of those like dynamite cards at the end yeah. of the year. Yeah. He snapped his arm. Snapped Hyota's arm and then got up and was flipping him off <laughs> and was flipping off everybody and and it was and it's in Japan at and Japan never ever did stuff like that they never had yeah. somebody show disrespect like that no you don't and Hayoki literally snapped the dude's arm like a fucking chicken wing and then after his arm snap and he's fucking like <laughs> holding his fucking mangled arm laying on the ground with his mangled arm Aoki jumps up and he's flipping him <laughs> off and he's you know looking at everybody all pissed off and flipping everybody off and I was like holy fucking shit um yeah, so I think about that, but then even more so as I think about the 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 Sakurai fight, dude, because 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 Aoki was that way. He was one of those guys that would grapple people down, and fucking most of the time it wasn't very. That's exciting. all he did. Yeah, it wasn't very. And these exciting. were K one. These were K one kickboxing dynamite shows. I know. And he's like, no. I'm not even throwing a punch. No. All I'm going to do is fucking jump guard and just lay on you and fucking tie you up and yeah. then fucking win. It drove me insane. As a young person watching combat sports, it drove me fucking insane. And then when Sakurai, him and Sakurai faced off, I think it was on another one of those New Year's Eve shows. It was a big Japan card. I don't remember what it was. But they fought and fucking Sakurai fucked Aoki up with those fucking knees. <laughs> yep. And he was just like, yep. like, like Aoki had taken to me. He was already knocked out. He went down on his ass and Sakurai was still fucking kneeing and shit i was just like 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 dude it, it was fucking amazing i was like losing my fucking mind <laughs> watching that shit um so yeah so i think i think back to those two fights but still Hayoki's a fucking legend uh, he the, is a legend the dream fights the fucking you he know the legend. rest of it he's a legend so um him versus mikey musumechi that should be a great yeah fight. who's one's um i you know submission grappling um, champion, so yeah. that so I I do I know old guard new guard type of thing right yep um, but that's a really intriguing bout that'll be fun to watch fucking Tawanchai Senchai uh, is Senchai. is fighting and yeah. that guy is a murderer yes in kickboxing so he's a murderer in Muay Thai too but <clears throat> that should be great it's gonna be a great it's gonna be a great fight to watch I'm super stoked about that yep so definitely. Give one a chance if you haven't already. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good card. I mean, I don't know I don't know how many fucking I don't know how many fucking times we can tell you. Fucking if you're missing out on one, if you're watching the UFC and you're like, oh, this is good. I wonder what else. Maybe Bellator, maybe PFL. Yeah, they're great too. Yeah. But fucking one, it's yeah. it, dude, it's a whole nother level. Yeah. Fucking watch some one. And yeah, it's this weekend. It's entertaining. So. Even when the fights aren't on, it's entertaining. Yes. They're gonna be entertaining you. Yeah. Um yeah, so, and, and again, you'll get submission grappling, you'll get kickboxing, you'll get Muay Thai, and you'll get MMA. So, there we go. Cool. Round two, over. All right, back to the corners. All right. <clears throat> All right, so, corner talk, uh, fan question number two, picked by me. Um, this, is what is, this is what it's asking. After taking the title, what's next for O'Malley? The rematch, Marab. Pantoja, Cejudo, or Belfort? <clears throat> okay, so this is what the UFC likes from its its champions or its prospects. They they want you to talk a bunch of shit. They want you to piss a bunch of people off. I mean, how, tell me this doesn't sound like I'm talking about fucking WWE right now, right? Controversy sells. Right. But but they want you to call out everyone and their mom. Seriously, <laughs> like it's what they want you to do. Um, so there's there's what's realistic and there's what's been 
thrown out on the internet because everything's been thrown out on the internet, right? So what is what is next for O'Malley? Based and, and there's a lot of ways I can go with this. Based on the UFC's history with rematches, you would think Aljamain would get a rematch. Right. He's, a, he's he's been a champ for a while. He's got multiple title defenses. Yep. You would think he gets you would think he gets the rematch. Okay. Um, I'm not the biggest proponent of immediate rematches for, for title fights. So if they don't go that route, I'm not super upset. It's funny that they wouldn't give Aljamain one when they give everybody else one. Yeah. That's true. <clears throat> but still, there it is. Okay. Marab that fight makes a lot of sense. He's next in line. Yep. He's the next ranked opponent. Has been for a while. Plus, he's Aljamain's teammate, so I'm sure he wants, you know, that that revenge that, to get vengeance for his buddy. Plus, he stole his Michael Jackson <laughs> jacket. <laughs> <laughs> he stole they could use. Yeah. How Michael much Jackson. can they? How much that <laughs> one fucking promotion can they use? I know. And it was cornball as shit. But you're right. And then, but then there's the Pantoja thing, which I I don't like. But Cejudo. I mean, so Hudo's a guy they obviously want to be champ. Yep. They've given him multiple opportunities to be champ. He had a close fight with Aljamain, and stylistically, it's an intriguing fight. You know, Aljamain wasn't necessarily able to impose his will wrestling. Maybe Cejudo can, or maybe O'Malley gets another vicious knockout, you yep. know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think either way, I'd be happy, right. you know? So um, what realistically, what do I think is going to be next? I'm putting my money on um one that's actually not mentioned here <laughs> is uh <clears throat> Cheeto. Yeah. Cheeto. Yeah. Cheeto. Yeah. Cheeto's going to get the next shot. Uh Cheeto wants it. O'Malley wants Even it. Even more so O'Malley wants. Even it. more so O'Malley wants it. There's history there. Uh, Cheeto has a win over O'Malley, a legitimate win. O'Malley keeps saying he's undefeated. It's one of those things. Um Cheeto has what it takes to beat O'Malley. Cheeto can take a shot, and Cheeto hits really hard. So if he lands, he's got the ability to hurt O'Malley. That's the type of thing that could change the tide of a fight. Aljamain didn't have the type of power to change the tide in a striking battle. He needed that fight to be fought on the ground yeah. if he was going to win. Yeah, the grappling, yes, um, exactly. That's not... Cheeto can just wait for his time, and if he's, you know... If he's still standing after a couple minutes, he can find his opening and he can land hard. He already has. Yeah. Um, that's the wrong answer. The right answer <laughs> was Belfort. Um, that's the only fight that I want to see. Um, Vitor? Wa- yes. Yeah, Vitor called him out and fucking O'Malley was talking shit back. And I was like, Vitor's been on TRT for a while. Let's see oh this happen. Uh, let's see. What a- weight would you do that at, though? Doesn't Open Vitor weight. weigh like 200 pounds? Dude, public execution. Okay, I'm, I'm a fan of it. That's um, exactly what it would be. Yeah, no. Um, all jokes. Um, no, you're right. Um, the UFC's promotional machine is and has been behind O'Malley pretty much ever since his first win on the Contender Series. Absolutely. So wherever... He wants to go, and more particularly, the fucking people behind him, his management, and more specifically, the UFC, where the UFC wants to navigate the waters for him like they have so far. That's where he's going to go. They want him to try to be a champion for as long as they can. They get a lot of money off of him. He appeals to a, a segment of the audience that they really don't have anybody else for. All those things to be said, that's where it's going to be. The reason why I'm not very excited about the Cheeto fight is because, um, you know, if you take a look at both of their performances, their last performances, uh, Vera 
really looked like he took that last fight off. It really looked like he kind of went into cruise control that whole fight. He right. could have done a lot more, and he didn't. It looked like he could have done more in the Sanhagen fight, right. and he didn't. Yeah. This seems to be a reoccurring theme. You fight somebody that's a sniper like O'Malley, not a great recipe for success. That's that's first and foremost for that. It's true. It's um, very true. The other thing is that I heard um, that the re- that one thing that Cheeto's been doing recently is that he's been incorporating mushrooms either into his training or mushroom use outside of fighting. Interesting. And that I'm all for. I am 100% for as a human, the human experience, being able to deal with you know the psychological effects of life um, and, and trauma and all the rest of that, 100%. I can't be a bigger, <clears throat> more proponent of it. But being a fighter and putting a lot of, you know, be, facing a lot of your demons and putting those to rest and then staying in something that's the meat grinder of the UFC and continuous, continuously fighting. Whenever I've seen that from other fighters, which usually they were able to deal with those things by o- older age and being able to come to terms with right. things, right. it leads for a recipe of fucking disaster to okay. stay in there. Okay. It really does. And... I know, like you know, like anybody who f- has watched the fight between Cheeto and O'Malley, Cheeto was the way better fighter. He fucking, he beat O'Malley. O'Malley was like, oh, it never fucking happened and the rest of it. And so for them to have the rematch now, and if Cheeto loses the rematch, will it take away from the prior fight and from from that? And could this be, you know, Cheeto swong song? All of those things. Now he's at the top, you know. Even though his last his last performances haven't been great, he's still up there. He's in the fucking top five, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. Of that division, so he's gonna have to face a killer, hundred percent. It le- it leads me to be a, a little less hesitant about it, but maybe that's just my own thing. Maybe it's just uh, maybe my own bias for whatever uh, against O'Malley. Not that I I necessarily have one. I've really become more of a fan of, of him being able to stay so composed. When you, when him and Aljo had that fight, everybody thought Aljo was going to win that fight. I did. You did. Everybody fucking thought he was going to win that fight. There was a small segment of people that thought O'Malley was going to win. And it was just like, there's no way Aljo's not going to get this to the ground. Not going to backpack him. Not going to fuck him yeah. up. I remember us talking about yeah. it. And being overly emphasizing on, on those facts. Which all that was true. When they're walking out to the fight... I remember watching that. I, I think I watched it at your house. Mm-hmm. We're watching it, and like you can tell when O'Malley's getting there, and you could tell like leading up to the fight, he was stressing out. He the anxiety level was really high. Yeah. He wasn't talking the same. He wasn't acting the same. He was a lot more reserved. He looked a lot like those things, and I was like, oh yeah, fucking now it's time to pay the piper. All those fucking easy fights. Now it's time. Here we go. And as he's walking out to the ring. I could s- literally watch on his face. I could watch him like qu- quell those anxieties and become like 100% just like there in the moment and just like and feel like confident, feel totally like comfortable. You could see it. You could see it in his face. It was like literally as he was getting closer to the octagon, you could see him like shedding all of that. By the time he got to the octagon, he was ready. He was ready for right. the fucking fight. And then Aljo went in there, and Aljo couldn't get his... He tried to grapple with him a couple of times, and he couldn't. And then fucking O'Malley caught him with the right and wouldn't get off him, which was the biggest thing. He hurt him, and he fucking got on top of him, and he finished him. So so hats off to him. So 
I've, I've become a bigger fan of O'Malley since then because a lot of it is sort of like the Patty Pimblett treatment and stuff that leaves a sour taste in my mouth the further that they get up that ladder. And so because of that, I guess I'm a little bit more hesitant than to see Cheeto, somebody who's never got the fucking, you know, the fan, the the favoritism shit right. on him that had to fight everybody that fucking was fighting like all the killers and beating. I mean, he bought he beat Dominic Cruz. He beat yeah. all these fucking dudes yeah. and was not getting his fucking limelight. And now he's up to the top. And now I see that, you know, he's maybe like dealing with his shit. And it's just like, Jesus, can we just wait a couple more fights? Like, right, you know what I'm saying? Right. And so it, it leaves. It makes me a little hesitant of it. That It's not my it's not my place. I mean, as a fight fan, it is what it is. Everybody's got their own walk in life. But not to say you can't beat him either. I'm just saying, all things considered, I would lean right now, today, more towards O'Malley in that fight. And uh, that's probably, like you said, going to be the fight that's going to happen. So there you go. Okay. Uh, I mean, I like the point that you brought up, and, and now that you mention it, the best thing Cheeto had going for him was that killer instinct, yeah. that waiting to strike and then making it count. Yeah. And you're right; that's what that's what we haven't seen the yeah. past couple of fights. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't bring that into the O'Malley fight, I, I agree with you. You're right. Yeah, he's gonna get sniped. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and maybe that maybe it is. Maybe it's the best thing for the sport overall together because then it does it does succeed O'Malley, this young guy at the top, and the rest of it. And maybe it is. Maybe it's really good for the sports. Not only that, but to have somebody that is really a finisher as the champion could pay off in the long run because you're going to get to hopefully see more of those exciting matchups yeah. than somebody that's maybe more grappling heavy. You know what I'm saying? And I do. it's not. I mean, you can. It's still exciting, but it's not to the level of like knocking somebody into unconsciousness. No, I, I agree, and not. And I haven't been an O'Malley fan for lots of the same reasons you voiced. However, I can't not be a fan of that knockout over Aljamain. Uh, that was a thing of fucking beauty. Uh, I know, man. it that was. That was a thing of fucking beauty. I know. He waited for Aljamain to overextend. He barely got out of the way. And he and he had it so ready so that as soon as Aljamain finished throwing his strike and was even beginning to pull his strike back to the guard position... It was w- so too late. It was way too late. O'Malley knew it. That was his shot. And he put everything yeah. into that right hand and fucking slept him, dude. No, 100%. I can't agree more. The The other thing that I would want to put on to that is, like, the the thing I was most impressed with in that fight versus Aljo. Yeah, yeah, the knockout was there, and it was great. The biggest thing that I was impressed with was O'Malley's footwork. He was able to not only keep Aljo moving consistently and make it really hard for Aljo to trap him mm-hmm. in the cage. But he was able with his footwork. It wasn't just the side to side and the front to back. Like we've seen with like Dominic Cruz and like some of these other guys, mm-hmm. he was able to move forward and move back. He was able to move forward and then step back and move at an angle so that it was completely messing up Aljo's rhythm. Like he was able to move in and out of things and like set up like faint movements, like faint where he was going to go and faint backwards. I mean, I was watching him do that and I was just like, the way this dude is cutting corners, moving backwards. I mean, it, it made it really difficult to try to, stop hone in on him get him close to grapple with him yeah, you know absolutely. it made it really difficult and that was something that to that level that i don't think i've necessarily seen before and so i was really really impressed with that that was something that i was like 
Now, we're not even talking about fainting with fucking strikes anymore. Now we're to the level where it's fainting with momentum, like where you think the guy's going to go and where he's not going to go. Yeah. And being able to make angles that other fighters don't. So it's like you're constantly having to readjust while you're in there. I, I was super impressed with that. That was another thing that now, today, I'm like, damn, like that, you know, like hats off to O'Malley. Real skill. So, yeah, agreed. Yeah, so yeah, so... But I still want the Belfort fight. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. And, and that's where we see the first death in the octagon. Dude, Vitor has already almost killed people in the octagon. He's Bisping, taking eyes. Yeah. Bisping, He's Henderson, Rockhold. Ugh. Like, I literally thought some of those guys were Ugh. dead after he was done fuck, with them, dude. dude. Vitor on TRT is a dangerous fucking animal, dude. <laughs> With the fucking Jesus mohawk and shit. <laughs> fucking Jesus. <laughs> oh you could tell. But they would show him in the back, like, getting all fucking pumped up, walking out to the arena. You're like, somebody going to die. Seriously, somebody is going to fucking die. Seriously. Oh, oh man. Okay. Uh, amazing. <clears throat> all right. Um, yeah, well, with that, we will move into the third and final round. All right, here we go. Round three. Fight. All right. All right. So... So we got a chance to talk about uh, one fight night 15, which is good. Highly recommend it. Just so that you guys know, uh, Bellator 300 is also going to be coming up soon. Um, it's this weekend. Bellator's 300 show. It's a, it's a, let's, let's say it like this. It's a big show for like the history of the sport. Maybe not so much for the card. The card's amazing. Like, don't get me wrong for a Bellator card. It's pretty right. fucking good. Right. Okay. It's pretty fucking good. The thing about it and that we can get into tonight is that fucking Bellator, it's the writings on the wall. They're on their way out. Yeah. Right. PFL may end up acquiring them. They may end up just closing the doors altogether. Mm -hmm. Um, Viacom is getting away from not only it sounds like the MMA business, but the boxing business as well with Showtime. Right. Um, And so um, all that to be said. The Bellator cards that we have left right now that are two that we know of. There maybe could be more, but right now we know that at least there's two cards left. 300 and 301. They're stacking these cards up really high. They're letting the fighters that are still there and the talent that they have show off. And so they're putting three titles on the line. It was supposed to be four. Um, the Lynn Vassell, Ryan Bader fight, something happened. Um, and so they'll probably end up moving that one to the next one. But um, that's where we're left with. And so... Um, yeah, the main event of that card, um, the three title fights at the top are Usman Namagomedov versus Brett Primus for the lightweight championship, mm -hmm. Chris Cyborg versus Kat for the, uh, female featherweight championship, yep. and then Liz Carmouche versus Alimale McFarlane for the female flyweight championship. Yep. Yeah. So, no, like you said, you, uh, <clears throat> that was very concise, um, yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. You know, they're going all out. They're throwing everything they've got at these last few cards, um, which you know, kind of makes you think there aren't going to be any more. Yes, which is why they're which is why they're doing that. People get to go out on a bang. Plus, they're hoping to draw some eyes on these because more than likely they will offer a lot of these fighters contracts to go to PFL. They'll resurface another place. Yeah. A lot of these fighters yeah. will resurface so, in other places. So yeah, so Bellator three hundred um, on there and. Uh, we also have a UFC fight night. Yes, we also have a UFC fight night. Um, it is the main event is Dawson versus Green. Grant Dawson, ranked number ten, uh, 
new up and comer mm-hmm. um, in the UFC is fighting um, veteran Bobby Green, who just won beat Tony Ferguson. Just beat that, Tony Ferguson, yeah, not yep. that long ago. Um, we have Joe Pfeiffer versus Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Mm-hmm. Um, should be a fucking banger of a fight. There's a lot of other good fights on the card. Drew Dober is fighting on the card. Um, so what do you... Yeah, it, yeah, it's a solid card. It's a good fight night card. Um, no titles, no huge names, but I like the matchups I'm seeing on here. I think the fights will be competitive. Um, <clears throat> Grant Dawson and Joe Pfeiffer, two guys getting the UFC push. Yes, you know, really, yes. you know, getting the Both fav- off the contender series. Off, yeah. <laughs> Fucking no, surprise, so, surprise. Uh, no, and that's one of the things I wanted to bring up with O'Malley being the champ. Like, the reason why they want to do that is because it lends legitimacy to everything they do on the contender series, yeah. right? And and we see it, me and you see it, because it's the same thing they did with Tough. Yeah, 100%. When Tough first came yeah. out, and yeah. they had all these people that had been around, but had never been champs anywhere else, like, the push was to get one of these guys a belt, because it totally legitimizes everything they're doing on the Ultimate Fighter And show, all the contracts and all right? the rest of the shit. Exactly. And it, and it did. It, it worked. It worked out beneficial for them. You could also say it's one of the things that made UFC what it is. But, and now they're doing it with the Contender Series. We've seen them do it before. They're doing it again. Um, so, yeah, Joe Pfeiffer, Grant Dawson, <clears throat> going to be you know, getting the push, going to be getting the hometown cooking, whatever you want to call yes. it. These are fighters that are highly expected to win, Yes. not just from the odds makers, but by the UFC themselves. Yes. The UFC has given these guys matchups that they believe they're going to win. They're yep. very confident they're going to win yep. the matches. Yeah, no, they're uh... – as far as the betting odds, they are heavy favorites, both heavy. of those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of other good fights on the card. You know, um, one fight that I'm really looking forward to is um, Alex Hernandez versus Bill Algio. Mm. Um, I like um, Bill Algio. Yeah. I think that his walkout music, the classic oldies, um, Don't Mess With Bill, yeah. is fucking awesome. <laughs> um, I love fighters that come out to oldies songs, you know, like you don't see a lot of it. And so. I think it's fucking awesome um, fighting somebody like Alan Alex Hernandez, who's had an up and down with his career, but it's totally game. Both of yeah. these fighters, completely game. There's a lot of good fights on this card. There's um, a lot of fights that could end up being knockouts, you know, and so that are kind of matchmake for that, where both fighter strengths are in the realm of knocking each other out. So it could be pretty good. And to be honest with you, I'm a lot more looking forward to this fight night card than the one next weekend. Not that the ne- one next weekend is going to suck, just the matchups quality. It seems like, you know, like it was working well for this one, and maybe the one next weekend is kind of just all that's left over right now at this point yeah. between that stacking is, up all these other cards. That is kind of what it feels like. Agreed. Yeah. And it's the, yeah, it's the in between before the big pay per view. So yeah. it's like we're contractually obligated to give these people certain fights. And hey, guess what? They all accepted what we offered them. Yeah. So we have to put them somewhere. Yeah. Let's all throw them on this card. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So let's, and there's a whole bunch of other <clears throat> stuff that's also going on. PFL has its stuff. The European series, Dana White's contender series, I think is getting ready to wrap up its season. Mm-hmm. Ryzen's had some cards, Glory's having cards, right. you know, um, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on the next couple weekends. We're not gonna go through it and get into everything, but combat sports fans get out, you know, pay attention to what's happening. There's a lot of good stuff going on and uh, let's move on to the bet. Yeah. portion the uh, bookie beatdown breakdown whatever the fuck you want to call it yeah absolutely let's do it um <clears throat> so before we got on the show <laughs> we came to each other with um what we felt like were the best 
the best bets, the best odds for the next upcoming we, we fight cards. We each picked one. We each were, were tasked with bringing one to the table before we started. And we both landed on the same one, Imagine believe that. it or not. <laughs> so, okay. So let's get into that. So Alex Morono. Yes. His welterweight bout on UFC Fight Night against Joaquin Buckley. Yep. Going to be These, a good fight. It, it is going to be a good fight. Probably. Either way it goes, okay. it's going to be a good fight. These guys both come to fight Alex Morono's game. We know what Joaquin Buckley's done. He's on all the highlight reels. So Both for knockouts and getting knocked out. For both. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting about... This particular fight card, when I was looking for odds, is how heavy the heavy favorites are on every fight on this card except for this one. Yep. On this fight, the odds, I mean, they're not huge. Okay. So Alex Morono with a plus 140, Joaquin Buckley minus 170. So the odds are Vegas thinks Joaquin Buckley is going to win this fight. Yes. Okay. Um, I know Alex Morono better than that. Yes. I know he's going to be game, and I know Joaquin Buckley is not consistent enough to be knocking everybody out. Exactly. Especially down here at welterweight. Exactly. You know, <clears throat> so I'm putting my money on Alex Morono. Yes. He's a plus 140 dog. I think he's a live dog. I think there's a really good chance he grinds this out, makes it dirty on Joaquin, puts him in uncomfortable positions, and walks away with the decision. I agree. Um, I think that he has more ways to win yeah. than Joaquin. Um, he's totally game for a scrap fight. He's totally capable of, Absolutely. of standing in the fire and, and trading back and forth. But he's also smart enough and skilled enough to take it into other areas and win in those areas. He has good grappling, good submission game. Um, maybe not so much with Joaquin Buckley. Joaquin Buckley, very explosive, high power. Um, but he's the kind of fighter that you love to watch because he either fucking goes for the head or goes out on his shield. Yep. And so I agree that I thought that if I was making odds, I thought that I would have favored Morona over Joaquin Buckley. Yep. Both these guys have had some wins and some losses, but I think the more consistent out of the two has been Alex Morono. And um, so I was surprised that he was an underdog. So I also uh, picked that fight too. Um, I think that given like the current winds of change and everything that's happened, I think that, um, you know, um, it wouldn't be a bad idea maybe to throw, you know, a little bit of money on some of these really crazy, um, underdogs if you wanted to, just because that's the way that it's been recently that the really crazy underdogs have paid out. So if you wanted to do something like that, you may not be as crazy, but if you wanted to beef up the, um, odds a little bit on the Morono fight, I would um, advise or maybe think about putting Dober on a parlay with right, it right. over Ricky Glenn. I think that um, Dober is going to, he has the stand up and the power definitely to turn Glenn's lights out. And I think he has the grappling to nullify whatever Glenn is going to bring his way. Um, and I would also consider uh, putting uh Nirmaga Madoff off of Bellator 300 maybe also on that parlay if you wanted to make a three parlay because their odds you know by themselves I think Dober is a uh close to 500 favor yep. and like fucking Nirmaga Madoff's like a 1400 favor or something <laughs> it was crazy t- it was literally 2000 last yeah, time I looked it's at something it. crazy so like there's nothing there for just putting it but if you're gonna go for an underdog and you want to try to find another couple of fights that would be relatively safe to then beef up the odds of a parlay and maximize the the payout i would consider both the dober glenn fight and the namaga madoff primus fight i love it i love it that's where we're at yeah thanks for that all right guys that is the end of episode 17 first episode of season three we'll be back in a couple weeks until then 
All right, you guys have a good one. We'll see you. This has been Snapcast.